What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to Action Live on Saturday night. Wow. Alex, thanks for joining us. That was kind of an interesting thing that happened. Alex just kind of dropped out right as the promo went on, but she's back and she's ready to go. I'll introduce her in a second, I guess, as you get her headphones ready. Oh, she's all sorts of uh, technical difficulties galore. That's how we roll at Action Army. Welcome. Oh, boy. Somebody's got a, a repeat going. All right. There we go. First up, let's see. I'll introduce the guy to my – I love my right. I got it again. I'm getting better. I'm getting better to consistently remember that I got to point this way to go that way, if that makes sense. But the man with the hair that I love to admire, Natty Daddy, how are you, my friend? Paul, I am great. And let me tell you why. Because that son of a bitch, Dylan Camacho, isn't here, and I'm going to have a great time. <laughs> he did threaten to be here. He did threaten to be here. I kind of was wondering if he's going to pop up, but no, it looks like you uh, gave him a little pop in the jaw. And he's uh, he's down for the count, it looks like. Although maybe if I say that, maybe it will pop up. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. You know. <laughs> well, below Natty Daddy, she uh, almost dropped out. I was a little worried. We lost her, but she's back. Alex Mack, how are you, Alex? I'm that nice lady. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't hear anyone for a split second, so I was like, I don't, I don't, and I was like, I wasn't even touching the keyboard. I was like, what did I do? <laughs> Let's let be honest. It's almost like if you turn a computer on and off, sometimes that fixes a lot of problems. That's <laughs> it, and come back. Maybe it'll work, but. You know, Fon's way, uh, like you smack him the side of the, the tower. Sometimes that works for me. Exactly. But. It's just like you know, working with like a TV remote. You're like. <laughs> Magic. Mm-hmm. Nintendo day, you gotta blow the cartridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm old. I know. And down below me, we got our wonderful stats lady, Frankie Numbers. Be damned. We have the new Frankie Numbers. I'm gonna say, I'm always playing, throwing out there, throwing right in there against them. So I want to see him come back at you someday. So I want to see a battle of stats. But Megs, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's a little late for me, but. Always happy and always a joy to be hanging out with you guys. Right, look at that. You're, coming, you're so committed to us now. We're, we're making you're going to be here on more and more. No matter how late we go, we're going to keep you up later and later because that's how we roll. Uh, <laughs> well, it was a good week. Good week. Another week. Uh, four matches. Uh, mm-hmm. Turning keeps rolling on. We got some uh, teams tournament stuff we'll talk about today. Uh, some storyline purposes we'll talk about as well. We did break down a few matches this week. We'd like to break them down again, at least a little bit more different people as we go into call live. So let's let's get right into it. The first match we had this week was Andrako and Meyer. Now, what did you guys think going into this match? I always like to see what we thought going in versus what we th- we had coming out of it. Um, personally. I was looking forward to this match. I did give the edge to Meyer. Uh, what did you guys think going in, Natty? I also had Meyer because I have him on my fantasy team and I needed him to win. It took me all of three and a half minutes to bring out fantasy. But anyway. Which you're still losing. Was that? Which you're still losing, by the way. Paul, I am going to slap you through the screen. I swear to God. 
<laughs> anyway, I had Meyer winning regardless of my fantasy team because I think he's a, he's a more strategic player than Mark and Drake. Mark and Drake was very good. He's very knowledgeable. But Brendan Meyer has this grasp on the concept of the game that I don't I think gives him a huge advantage. So I had him going all the way. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I remember talking to him. It's spectacular. The guy has like he had strategies for like strategies for strategies. Like it was like left and right. Like he just yeah. talked more. He's actually a lot like Bateman. Like I remember they were talking a lot together as well. And they just all were talking different things they could do, concepts they could pull. It was pretty ridiculous how uh, in depth some of his, uh, his stuff went. So I always give him the edge as far as that goes. Now I know how in depth he works. So uh, Alex, what did you think? Um, I did going into it. I understood that Meyer, he just has like a lot of momentum right now, considering he is going to be uh, playing against corruption in just a few weeks, which is right around the corner, which is crazy to think it's October. Isn't it? Weeks. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, he has a, he has a lot of momentum right now. You know, after walking away from his match, you know, being part of Shazam, obviously. But there's been a lot of question about how he is as a singles competitor. You know, he's be great as teams, no question. But as a single player, he hasn't. We haven't really seen him show up. Sure. You know, uh, necessarily. So I honestly. Um, I, but I did think that he had a lot of momentum and everything going to this match. So my heart said Meyer as much as I wanted Andre could have win. <laughs> Good point. All right. Uh, Megs, what did you think on him? So kind of similar to Alex, I, in my heart, I was more thinking Meyer just based on what we've seen from him in teams, but it could have easily gone either way. Cause Andre goes also a very solid player. So mm -hmm. I didn't have super strong inclinations one way or the other, but just from, pure fan i was wanting to see meyer come out with it well that's what happened we had uh meyer wow he just uh did his thing 100 mm -hmm. there i mean he did his thing uh both had great round one obviously both great round running out max you should talk about the stats this is your stat sheet i only talk about yes. it not. go ahead take your stat sheet and go with it. <laughs> so essentially we saw meyer going 100 accuracy however in his second round, he did check down a multiple choice multiple times, which brought down his overall potential points earned. However, I don't necessarily fault him for that because it was more strategy because going into that second round, he was already significantly high with being able to get a couple steals off of Andrego by giving him movie release dates off of opponent's choice. Right. So I think if he had been in more of a dire straight situation he might have been a little more aggressive with round two but at that point he didn't need to be so i think he still played he strategically played a very good game even though potential points earned was not as high as his mm -hmm. accuracy yeah uh speaking of someone who has him on fancy it did frustrate me a little that he checked down a multiple choice because i could have learned a lot more points but i did think it was very smart of him he knew he didn't need to go for that two-pointer and risk and Draco getting it. So I, mm -hmm. I think it was very strategic that he went down to multiple choice. Oh, absolutely. Because when, 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 like, like Meg said, he got, he got to give opponents uh, give, uh, move release dates to Andrico. And once you had it up like that, why bother risking it? Just take the points that are in front of you and those extra points. And that's what happened at the end. He, it was too far of a, a, a hill for Andrico to climb. So Andrico hit his, his two and his three, missed his mm -hmm. five, game over. That's all he needed. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where it went. I was surprised at how easy he made it look. He made it look kind of easy. He didn't feel like he was sweating at all. And Andrico was a solid competitor. Now, granted, he yeah. had, Andrico hadn't been playing singles in a little bit. He had notoriously quit singles for a while. And uh, supposedly it was Bateman 
being snarky at the uh, awards right. that brought him back into it. Now that's what he keeps claiming. That's what he claims. That's what he says. That's true. We never know with him. You never know. He kind of <laughs> he loves those those grudge matches. He loves matches against Bibiani. He loves matches against Bateman. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so he's gonna move on. He's gonna move on. Should we talk about who he's gonna face next? Let's see. He faces the winner of Collins and Lon Harris. You guys have a you guys have a choice of who you want to see him face? I completely forgot that but is not on my fantasy team anymore because I traded him away because I am terrified of Adam Collins. <laughs> and I don't I I could see Brendan Meyer winning if he shows up like he did this past match, but I mean it's a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. So you're thinking Adam Collins has got Lon Harris no problems. That's what I'm hearing from you. I think Adam Collins beats Lon Harris, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you asked me, what what's your thoughts on this? Um ooh, I don't like this one. I don't <laughs> it's like one. Uh, this is not even kidding, one of the most highly anticipated matches of the entire season for me. Um just because you know it's not a championship match and everything. However, we know so little about Adam Collins as a as a competitor, and we know he TKO'd like really bad. Um, Joe Roca, a former teams and singles champion. Um, and obviously, like, we haven't really seen him miss a question yet, from what I can remember. Um, I, maybe, maybe a first round or two, but overall, he's been performing pretty spectacularly. Not to say Lon hasn't, obviously, he has, he's been doing fantastic. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, he doesn't always have a Eye on the ball, one hundred and ten percent. I mean, he gave he pretty much gave away that uh, that Mulan question, um, you know, just a few, just, a, just like last month or so. And he's like, "Well, I, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so I think that moments like that might come to bite him right in the took us. Yeah, could. You're it's absolutely called. right. I think it's cool. All right, all right, Megs. What do you have any uh, any opinions on what you think is going to happen between Collins and uh, Lon, and who Myers going to face? So I think it, this one's going to be very interesting for Collins because Lon has the potential to put Adam on the offensive because up until this point he has been playing from such a he's performed so well that he is always ahead. If he get, ends up getting behind, how is he going to handle that sort of pressure? So I think this is going to be – I mean, I would have anticipated Roka being a big test for him, but since he has passed that, Lon's the next person in line that could give him some problems and really test to see what is Collins going to do when he has to play from behind. That's a great – and that's exactly what my opinion too. I want to see Collins get knocked in the mouth and make him mm -hmm. like have to come back, face adversity and have him – come back does he, does he fold like a cheap suit or does he have the heart to keep going i don't know either way not definitely not knocking him so i don't know the end no but, um he seemed like pretty cool the cucumber when he was on chill he was talking about it how he didn't have any uh he just is able to hold his emotions and you could tell versus roca the whole time he was very mm -hmm. unfindable seemed like he was just kind of like and he let it all out at the end he kind of let it all out right like, like he did one really um 
but I want to see what he can do in against some in, uh, some adversity. We'll see how it happens. But can Lon do that? Can Lon put him on his heels a little bit? I don't know. Lon's pretty. I don't want to say inconsistent. I don't know if inconsistent is the right word, but he always seems to, as far as the signals goes, he never quite live up to his potential. He's got this great knowledge base, but he never seems to quite uh, get there. So hopefully, maybe I'd like to see it happen. I'd love to see a great match. I'd love to see what happens between these two. I can give in the edge to Collins right now, but that's such a still a small sample size for me. So it's hard to see what's going to happen. I'd like to see. I think I'd like to see. Of course. Going back on that, I love Lon's personality. Let's not forget this. Mode out is oh, just as much personality as characters as it is uh, trivia. So just for that sake alone, uh, nothing against Collins personality-wise. I, I yeah. want to see more delinquent all day. Anytime I get the delinquent on the screen, I'm, I'm happy and I'm loving it. So, <laughs> well, And with that, too, this will be the first time that Collins has been against someone with this strong of a character, character work. So, right. yeah, the strong intimidation of Roka didn't phase him, but what's a out-of-control delinquent going to do to him? Yeah. Uh, he seems to think it won't bother him. And again, it might not. I'm respecting it. What's he going to say? He's going to say, oh, yeah, it's going to bother me. Let Lon no. know and let him do it more. There's no way. But yeah. I don't think it will bother him because he's Lon's character is not the type who's like, like going to try to get in your head. He's not going to trash talk you. Lon's character is pretty chill, so I don't I don't feel like that's going to affect him. Well, but that's a lowly... Oh, yeah, so that, that but, blow you into a false sense of security, and then he comes up, and all of a sudden you realize you're down. Not only, not only does it not intimidation factor, but just the, the idea if you're in a zone, all of a sudden you're uh, Lon's cracking jokes with Ellis, you're cracking these jokes, and like they're funny as hell, and you start laughing, you kind of get out of your own rhythm because you're just like distracted a little bit. Oh, why maybe I don't know, I'm mm -hmm. so happy. Yeah, well, I mean, like, um. Lon Harris has like history. He's been very vocal about it. He said that, you know, he, as much as he loved doing the professor when he did, but he said that being the professor and trying to focus on trivia as well was very difficult for him. He was thinking actively about his comebacks against the other competitor. He wasn't thinking about the trivia per se. He wasn't keeping track of his JPEs as efficiently as he should have. Right. And him trying to be funny and things like that wasn't really doing it well. That's why we didn't get the storylines that Christian initially planned for him to win. But he, he did win one or two, but that was it. Yeah. But he did okay. He didn't do great. Um, which we really uh you know bad for it. but the thing is he's obviously he's doing really really well with this this character um but i would be concerned given his history if character might distract him from succeeding or really hyper focusing when needed yeah, it could be already had Collins in a corruption makeover, throw a leather jacket on that hippie <laughs> 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 that's true that's be true uh, <laughs> well and speaking of managers too you know Lon also has Winston now in his corner, and he's been working with Paul Yama. So you can't discount that as maybe part of the boost. Yeah, but you can see something as well. They work but really well together. The long question is one hundred and ten percent Lon's fault. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. he owned it. He owned it. And he owned, done. He owned it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and th those things happen. We all have flaws. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, move on to the next match we had that week, which was uh, Jader versus Tom. Now, again, this was definitely Tom was, at uh, least it's, it's written, uh, narratively wise, was definitely, this is actually a question we're going to have there, Alex, about underdog versus favorites. Stats, Meg, what were the, what were the records going in? So 
this is only Tom's second right. singles match versus this is Jader's third. Right. Um, and Jader's won two, and then Tom's only won the one. So technically, um, oh. sorry, sorry, I booed you up for doing. Sorry, my fault. I do that. <laughs> I booed really, you Paul? Really? I really was. I really, really? was. Mm. Okay, sure, I'll, sure, sure, sure. I'll own it. <laughs> But yes, technically, Jader has more matches um, with uh, two over, so that or two and zero oh versus just a one and zero oh for Tom. So that's well, how. Yeah, it's that question: Who is favored in that match? When you you asked anybody else in the league, if asked anybody oh, yeah. at that point, I think almost everybody picked Tom over Jader for that reason mm -hmm. because right. uh, not not for reason, because the narrative was that Tom was this unstoppable beast. Uh, yada yada. He had performed so well, hadn't missed any question that many questions. Whereas Jader had been a good, solid player. Um, mm -hmm. But like they just seemed tier wise to be in different ways. But technically speaking, Tom was like the underdog. Alex, you know, you were talking about that before when to bring this in. I think this might be a good time to bring that in. Your question of when is somebody actually an underdog versus uh, when is it an upset? Do you want to take, mm -hmm. uh, take lead on that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting conversation because uh, the four of us are we're very active on social media about our thoughts and opinions on Schmodown, obviously, whether or not who's going to win, who's going to lose. Um, you know, we're going to, we're Megs as being a, you know, boss ass lady on stats, all that good stuff. You know, it's, uh, but when it comes down to it, what really makes an upset is technically who is just more or less likely to walk away with the win. But the thing is, that doesn't take in consideration the narrative, the story, what's going on behind the scenes. What's, what do we know about these competitors and their preparation for these matches? You know, um, so there's a lot that's not really taken into account when we look at stats. And and rightfully so, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. stats wouldn't be as effective if they took it all that into account, realistically. Um, so talking about uh, reflecting on, on that formation going into this match is Chance is technically the underdog. However, if you look at social media, you wouldn't you would think it's the exact opposite. He has all the momentum walking away from a team champion win. He just completely uh he had one of the best matches so far I think he's ever played when he competed against David Del Rio. Um and uh, you know, so there's this kind of a kind of an interesting conversation about whether or not Chance was really the upset, or if he, I mean, like if Chance win would have been an upset or not because yeah, of the conversation surrounding him over the past several weeks. No, that's absolutely right. Chance mm -hmm. and Liz were that way. I think you said Jader and Tom were kind of similar in that way. Um, I know I predicted Tom. Who did you guys had had you pick for Tom and Jader, for example? Who would you pick? You had Tom. I I was. I was giving the edge to Tom only because I have more history on him. Mm -hmm. I've seen him more. Um, and something interesting that I noticed looking back at Jader's performances, even in just the three matches that I've seen him in, his first and third rounds are super strong. Mm -hmm. Once you get into the second round is where you see some of his fumbles, where there are just certain categories that he is just not strong in whether and that's going to be interesting seeing him go into yeah exactly i mean given 80s that was he said that was the one slice he didn't want right so it'll be interesting to see him progress um going into teams and as well as into the next season what he does to sure up those round twos because he's had high accuracy in round three his round one has been at league average or above uh -huh. so 
um, that'll be interesting to see how he develops as a player over the next couple seasons. Uh, so they're right there. He had, the, he had, a, he had the, a perfect round one uh, as mm-hmm. a bonus, bonus, but then yeah. round two where he just didn't, didn't quite work out for him. Um, yeah, I got him checking out a multiple choice and get some points, and he fell behind Tom. And at the end of the day, Tom wins. And then, again, it didn't seem – I mean, it was a good match. It was a good, solid mm-hmm. match. I think Jerry mm-hmm. didn't embarrass himself at all. No. Um, it definitely shows some uh, some holes that he's going to have to fill if he wants to make right, it to that next year list. So. Yeah. That that I mean that's just that's just the that's just the point that I'm seeing. It's like you know, yes, beginning and end are solid. It's it's that middle that he's starting to waver. So if I was gonna say from a statistical standpoint, where do you need to concentrate on? It's round two. Absolutely, hundred ten percent. So, uh, well, that was good. So uh, who does they? Uh, so Tom gets to go on to face the winner of Ethan and Eric. Ethan Irwin and Eric mm-hmm. Zipper. Now I think we all could probably say that our initial opinion would be that Ethan Irwin is going to win over Eric Zipper. That would be initially a thought, I would think. The lead wide thing. Am, I, am I wrong on that with anybody? I really like Eric Zipper, and I think he's super underrated, but I can't see Ethan Irwin losing this. Okay. All right. Alex, you always have some hot takes. Is this, is this your hot take at the moment? Uh, no hot takes here. I want him to win. I want Eric Zipper to win. I would pay money for him to win. Mm. Um, uh, but realistically, I just know, uh, you know, Ethan, it's Ethan. <laughs> and uh, it was like Eric has, he has improved tremendously over the past several months. You cannot deny that. He's just, I mean, he completely annihilated uh, Paul Preston and he's just so much more strategic. He's on top of the ball. He's focused and everything, but he is also going against a former singles competitor. And Ethan is just still so young in his singles career. He's only played like three matches or something so far. And he's only from what I remember, like played maybe one once or maybe i'm not sure but i see meg jumping into action i'll say i'm you're are you talking about you're talking about zipper right yeah Yeah. zipper in his career yeah because i can only think of him in like two or three singles matches it's tough to remember because he's he does a lot of he's ig he's on team yeah i'm trying to i'm I'm not thinking of ig yeah Yeah, he definitely won the first round yeah i know between from last season and this season he's only been in three singles matches yeah that's so and I and I'll say unless he had a singles match somewhere in like 2018 yeah. that I'm not that I don't have in here that's mm-hmm. I, all I have for him is three. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. He was two. He's he was two and one at that point. Then who who else did he beat outside of Preston? Uh, he, uh, who? Let's see. Haley Fouch. Haley Fouch. Yeah, he went. He Haley Fouch yeah, lost he, he, he won the Haley in uh, Sun Death. Yeah. Right, I forgot about that. Okay. took him to level and kind of uh, he was really upset about after that loss because yeah, and that was that five pointer that. Now I know what I know. What she doesn't know, which is great. I love that. Oh man, I just contender match or moment of the year because that was amazing. Oh my god, I I legit at the end of that I like. I legit cried. Like, <laughs> it was just like you like you can see Zipper. He is just he like, like everyone was crowding around him and he's like, hey man, you worked you did so good. And he's like, I'm, 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 I'm trying. I'm fine, guys. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you you saw like because he tries actively so hard and he's been very vocal about it, how being mm-hmm. trying to learn uh trying to learn trivia to the intensity that he has is not 
is um, actively very, very difficult for him. So this is not something he's like accustomed to. He doesn't like work in the industry or anything mm-hmm. like, uh, like, you know, like Harry or damn rural does. Yep. So it's a, it's something he has to actively work to combat. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right. I do. Uh, I do think it's exactly the same way you guys do. I love Zipper. He's a very a friend of the show. Really, he's on a lot of those. Yeah. He likes hanging out with us. He's a great person to talk to. Um, but it is Ethan Irwin. I mean, Dan Merle is scared of Ethan Irwin. If Dan Merle is scared of you, then that's uh, something to uh, that's something to think about. Um, it would definitely that keep bringing back the uh, the upset versus underdog thing. I think no matter what the records are, it doesn't even matter what the records would be. This would be an upset if Zipper beat Irwin. Um, but I'm not going to predict that upset at all, even though there has it seemed to be a lot of upsets this year. Upset City is a thing, but I, I this is not an upset city at all. This is going to be, if anything, KO County, maybe the other way around. I would be surprised if Irwin KO'd him. That, that's how much I respect Irwin at this point. Um, if he rolls animation, he spins animation, that's the only problem that Irwin will have, I think, yeah. at this point. Um, when, like, he's, he's reminding us of when he came in as a rookie. Like, you know, that, that sophomore season was a little rough for him, but now he's back in his groove and he's reinvigorated himself. He's getting more of that strategy down, which was his downfall in a couple of those matches last season. So he's only going up from here and that's, that's intimidating. Yeah, if he puts if he, if he his mind to it, like he, I think working with, with Janine helped a little bit. Now, if he works mm-hmm. with Andrew Guy more, and maybe Andrew Guy's definitely more of a strategic player in his way, mm-hmm. uh, that'll help him a little bit develop that a little more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love Zipper. I don't, I, I don't want right, to. Right, absolutely. I'd love to see him win, but I, I don't. He's got he, it, it's going it's to take a lot to go in his favor for that to happen. Yeah. He's yeah. done a long way in a, long, a short amount of time, but he's not quite at that that tier yet. I definitely don't think that Ethan's unbeatable. I think he's he's not without his weaknesses. Right. Zipper could conceivably win, but I think let's say eight out of ten times, I think Ethan Irwin takes it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I do think Meg just like put it so perfect where it's like there's a lot of that's gonna go on. Ethan's have to come in on not on his game. He's gonna have to uh he would have to get, maybe get opponent's choice or get a very big weakness. And on top of that, he would have to maybe there would be a few steals involved, you know, for Ethan to really kind of combat it. And on top of that, you know, we haven't really seen Ethan uh get anything below really like seven in the first yeah. round. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and and not to say that you know Eric Eric won't get that. Obviously, it's just that we haven't really seen him play at that consistent level yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Erwin averages Erwin averages seven in round one. Yeah. So that's, a, that's an average, and that's. Um, but so either way, we so we all think Erwin's winning. So therefore, we're going to see Erwin versus Tom. Now, mm. I think this might be the first time since his debut that Tom would be considered an underdog, I think, in this case, because I think that's a scary notion to see Tom facing Erwin. I don't know where we're going to see. This is going to be a, a, a setting match for Tom. This is we'll see, yeah. he gets to see where he gets to stand. Because, I mean, he, he like I said before, he's got he faces he's facing Jada Parama, who is good, but not that top tier. He beat Tim Franco, who, again, great player. Great player, mm-hmm. but never quite hit that top three yet either. So this is Tom's first match singles wide against one of the big boys, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I still think I have. I would have Irwin over Tom, um, but I think it's going to be very close. I think we're going to. This mm-hmm. is going to be going to go down to the five. I, I would be shocked to see go to sudden death if that happened. Like point wise. Um, right. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Do you have Tom or do would you have Irwin? This is a hoss fight in the smowdown if I've ever seen one. This is. <laughs> 
a complete toss-up. Like it, oh, yeah. really, it really goes down to round two and who gets the better categories in the wheel. Uh, I think if gun to my head, I would have to go Tom by a hair. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting point. Um, okay. Alice, what do, you, what do you have to say? I love me my hot takes, but not this one. It's Earth. <laughs> it's uh, I almost I almost whipped out the Earth then again. It's it's <laughs> Owen again. Tom yeah. very Tom's very vocal about it. He likes participating in Schmodown, but he's not going to study. He's not going to do all that stuff. He's not looking up strengths, weaknesses, and everything to really get him give himself the edge. If he knows that he knows it. If he doesn't, oh well, whatever. He's going to move on. But he doesn't. I don't think he really puts as much love into Schmodown as Ethan does because Ethan is very vocal about it especially this season he's like everyone thinks that I'm just like hanging out and chilling no I'm studying I'm doing research I'm watching your old matches I'm preparing and I think that's why he's going to walk away with a big win all right Megs what do you got to say this one is a toss-up um again I think it's going to come down it's going to come down to the wheel yeah. because I see them both being very solid in round one I see them both being solid in round three What's the wheel gonna do to him? And that's gonna be that's gonna be what sets the tone for that match. Well, mark me. Maybe uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But I'll type in. Didn't the Looney Bin beat Time Machine? Correct. Um, Time Machine. The Time Machine beat, beat the Looney Bin. They beat the Looney Bin. It was a close match. Okay. Um, it ended up being 32-31 Looney Bin. And actually, um, Irwin beat out or no Tom. Ended up with a perfect round and a bonus, and uh, Ethan only got six points that game. Oh, okay. So they were um, only six points. Only, only, yeah. only six points. Um, <laughs> so, but um, but they were pretty. Uh, I mean, the only time that they were, the only reason that I think Looney Bin won is because they had one point up on Time Machine going out of round one, and they were in sync the rest of the game interesting i do so. think that that ethan has that big hole that he's never really quite filled with the animation he's never quite gotten it's better. there it's, it's better, better than but... than it was, but it's still a hole where i don't know if tom has any specific big holes that's, that's what i was gonna bring up Not really. but i do think that ethan Irwin's general knowledge because tom's had some misses that surprise me sometimes whereas ethan almost never missed anything that surprises me if that makes sense. I know that's subjective. I get that. Yeah. But it's it my inner narrative a little bit that I think Ethan's got a better overall uh, general breadth knowledge. But if he can, if if Tom can use that animation against him somehow, then maybe that that's how it happens. Yeah, that's maybe. exactly where where my thought is. Like, there's more game tape on Ethan Irwin. Like Tom, he's played a lot of matches, but he hasn't played as many as Ethan Irwin. There's not enough like tape on him. There's not like a huge noticeable weakness that Tom has that Ethan Irwin has. Ethan Irwin has a huge weakness in animation and he could have he could have studied up on animation. I'm not gonna put that past him. But yeah. it's he's he it's been like it's been like a year or two since he's had to deal with animation. He's not done well with it. Yeah. So I don't think he's gonna fill up that gap well enough if he gets it in round two. And if he does get it in round two, I I can't see Tom losing this. I'll say he's he's hit animation I'd have to pull it up specifically, but he's hit it pretty. It's he's had a much higher percentage with it in round one than he's had previously. But again, if he ends up with it in round two, 
he's he's been watching Disney Plus, but are there other oddball animation movies that he's not going to be able to pull from? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I do have something I want to bring up. This is the real question. Hair versus hair, Nat versus Ryan Payne in the Caramel. I, I That's a good question here. Mm. I think I got to side with my boy, Natty Daddy. He's on, he's on the show with me, Ryan, although that is a damn good match, and I kind of like to see the outcome of that one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who the underdog is on that one. I'll have to go into that. <laughs> I don't need to decide that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, moving on, we will talk about Chanford's Liz. Uh, Alice already brought it up. Uh, as far as underdog, and this is actually D Train had a comment in here. I don't know if you were here for that conversation. Nope, that's not the one. Sorry, D Train had one earlier. There you go. Do you consider Liz Shannon Miller win over Chance and upset? He does because she only faced Silver Streaming all year, and Chance was a top contender for Player of the Year. And that's the big question that Alice brought up in a way. It's narrative versus storyline versus where we are now versus recency bias. Liz only mm-hmm. faced Silver Streaming this year. That's true, but she did have a year last year where she her losses were to players Baby. when they were on their big runs, like Oyama yeah, and Oyama. Oyama. Yeah. during their like big mm-hmm. runs that they had. With that match in particular, I do think she's technically at five and three or five and two. Now she's at five and two. She's now five and two. Now five and two. So, and Chance, I believe, was three and two or at the time. Yes. Um, so she definitely was 100%, you know, the assumed winner, honestly. I don't know if the soon winner is a thing, though. You can say that they were statistically. Chance was three and three. Yeah, based off the numbers alone. Not to say, and like obviously upsets happen. I mean, like this season has been almost exclusively upsets for, you know, for a a whole bunch. It's been like upset season, honestly. Although I would say even statistically, four and two versus three and three is almost – um, negligible in terms of you could call that mm-hmm. almost a match. Like there was one one win more in any sport. If you're four and two versus three and three, yeah, basically one team had one more win and one more loss. That's that's almost negligible over a period of time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, later, if it's twenty and ten versus twenty one and nine, you're not saying that one is definitively an upset. You know what I'm saying? Well, he, well the difference is, is that she had more. Okay, so he had more losses and and more games. More matches. No, it was, it was, it was, it was the same number of games. Two, they had the same number of games. She was four and two. He was three and three going into the That's match. That's six. So it's one. Well, so okay, one more win right. and I, one more I, loss. So I, I don't think they're equal in the slightest, though, overall, honestly. They're... Their careers, as far as who they faced, is slightly lopsided, but not a ton difference. Um, I think Chance definitely had a rougher start initially. And then Liz Shana Miller kind of she hit the tougher competitors as she was getting rolling versus, you know, Chance's thing about not getting past the first round of the tournament is because he was at a position where he was getting put up against those heavy hitters right in a row versus Liz was able to build up a little bit to those Mm -hmm. tougher competitors. That's not taking it away from either one, but just the narrative of where they how they got to their records isn't the same. As I don't yeah, think you look at a four and two. Yeah. I don't think you look at a four and two and a three and three and say definitively, oh, that one's definitely higher because she's got right. one. More. It's 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 not it's can't be that easy unless they had the same you know, put them against the same people, same opponents, same schedule, same how everything mm-hmm. went. Then you could say maybe, but otherwise it's it, to me it's it's pretty close to even. 
Now, you can call it an upset or call it not an upset. You can say that Liz was favored because of her record. She earned the record, so she was technically mm -hmm. favored. Right. But I think, I think um, honestly, going in, I thought it was easy. I thought it was an even even bout. Um, and the, the narrative would suggest that Chance was on a roll, so the Chance was going to do it. But as we all know, that's uh, the narrative doesn't always doesn't always work. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's an upset. I don't think it's an upset at this point. Um, in terms of overall, they're probably close to even. It just it was. Uh, I guess you could say it's a slight difference. It's a kind of one of those slim differences between upset and surprising. It's still right. surprising yeah. a little bit um, mm -hmm. because of the motivation, but it's not necessarily. Mm -hmm. a, a, it is a technical. Technically, it is not an upset. Technically not. That, that's all it is, technically. And now, have you heard Liz? I didn't think she wasn't. She, I don't she, think I was ever not the conversation. She was underrated. I think she was severely underrated by most people. But I saw her come in. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Watch out for her if she gets on a roll. Well, that's the thing too, because when she came in, like you said, she had a couple. I don't want to say soft wins, but they're softer wins. Like they were, they were. She had a couple, a couple of building mm -hmm. up where she won, right. and she lost her matches against the so-called big, big shots at that point. Right. So it was a question of would she get to that level um, in a matter of time? But with the base knowledge she has, mm -hmm. I think she definitely made that statement by beating Chance. That's a big statement she made. Um, right. I'm interested to see what she does next. Um, as far as who she's facing, she's facing the winner of Barbarian or Bibiani. Now that yeah. is going to be a barn burner match that we can talk about a little bit. But either opponent, I think, will be a, another good, uh, another good litmus test for her. Thank you. That's what we're looking for exactly. Litmus test for we, where she is. Um, now that being said, sneaking over to Barbarian versus Bibiani, I think that's a match I've been looking forward to quite a bit too. Bibiani has. Mm -hmm. Bibiani is Bibiani. He's a legend in the game. He knows his stuff. He's been really good this year after his losses are spectacular. With him and uh, his shot with, uh, with Meyer, of course, uh, he's been narratively speaking doing very good. Especially the last couple of games, he's been almost, almost mm -hmm. dominant with some of his some of his wins. Um, so interested to see what he does against the rookie of sorts. Who doesn't? It, I don't know. If it seems to you guys. I don't feel like Barbarian doesn't even seem like a rookie anymore. It almost seems like he's been around a lot longer than he has, and I don't know why that is. I think it just means he's around a lot. I think the conversation surrounding him is different from most rookies. I mean, yeah. Bateman right. and Roca and Merle—they've all talked about it. He's like, hey, if anything, when we're having like you know general training meetings and all that good stuff, we're having like matches and stuff like that. He's the one that's helping us out. He's the one putting together the the questions in his head and helping us trying right. to uh, to uh, correctly assess challenges right. and technicalities, things like that. And um, and and, the, and they're just very vocal about it. That these Schmodown vets are like, this guy's helping us out. We need him. Mm. To honestly, that's why I think that he's going to be the number one draft pick for. Um, for number one or number two draft pick for Finstock. Possibly. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. interesting. Outside of it, like if he has like a if if uh, he has like a belt or someone like on his team that sells a belt or something like that, that's one thing. But if he doesn't, and if he's going in with, uh, I mean, like after having, I do think he's like one of the core competitors that he's like I have to keep. One hundred ten percent. Do you so you think he's defense out is going to keep barbarian? Is what you're saying? I, I you know, especially considering he's the reason why he's like, hey, I'm more comfortable taking on rookies, taking more competitors that I'm not super comfortable with, because I have barbarian here to help me train and help help me prep them appropriately. 
that's my. Right, well, I think we will save the conversation. I think we want to talk about after we're done with the match, we're talking about Bateman's actions and stuff, and that's going to lead into a little discussion on next year in front of exchange. So I like your comment. We'll save the rest of that conversation till after that, um, as far as that goes. But you're, you're not wrong at all. I think it's definitely, definitely a possibility, although storyline-wise also throws little things in the gears sometimes too. But um, but you're right about everything else as far as, I mean, he made a mark in singles. He even threw his hat on the integrated ring on a very short notice and did well. Mm-hmm. He did yeah. well in IG. Lost to a chance, which lost the winner in a highly in a contested match, which had some level of controversy. Um, I know he wants to face Chance again and interrogate them. So I would love to see next year. I mean, honestly, I could see Bibiani being in both. I'm not Bibiani. I'm sorry, Barbarian being in both leagues. Um, but at the end of the day, Bibiani is a big litmus test for him at this part of where he is in the singles. Mm-hmm. He has the knowledge definitively. He seems to have a good handle on the gameplay. But Bibiani is a beast, a beast, no pun intended. I mean, he really is a beast. So mm-hmm. I think at this point, I got to say Bibiani's a favorite. He's the he's definitely got the more tenure. He's definitely got the the motivation, the, the momentum, just as much as Barbarian had, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Barbarian was a little sidetracked with the IG for a little bit. So I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give this match to Bibiani. Uh, but I think it's gonna be a close one. It's gonna be Barnburn. I would not be shocked if Barbarian upset him. But I, I'm going Bibs. Yeah, I'm also going Bibs. I feel like it's damn near impossible to be good at any them and singles and teams. Like to, to go all the way in the tournament. I mean, because we've seen Mike be good at singles and Chance be good at singles, but they're both eliminated from the tournament. So I feel like that split focus is going to really cost them, especially when you're up against a, a player the caliber of Viviani. Agreed. Alex, what do you got on this one? Um... I, I'm kind of a similar route as you, Paul. I really wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Barbarian were to somehow walk away with the with the win. And I love me an upset. I love me a big surprise. I love just being surprised. Um, but I do. If I put money on it, it's bibs 100%. Absolutely. Okay. Fair. Megs, what do you got? Um, I also do favor bibs in this. And more so because seeing him in this virtual environment, he's thriving very well in this in the virtual environment. Versus Barbarian's doing well, but like several other competitors on the Finstock Exchange, they thrive off of that live slash studio environment. And it, it can give you just enough of an edge if you are able to throw a little bit more of your self out there in the virtual world versus how comfortable you are in studio Mm. that can throw your throw you off just enough to stumble you up a little bit so and again like alex is saying i wouldn't be at all surprised if barbarian was able to take it out because he is a very solid competitor but based on what I'm seeing so far and based on kind of the confidence I'm seeing Bibiani have in this environment, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give him the edge on it. Okay. So then we have Bibiani versus uh, Liz Shannon Miller. Another point Ryan wants to make there is that they're part of great faction represented by amazing managers. Mm-hmm. I do think that Winston is someone that Liz Shannon Miller is someone who can use a good manager because she has a solid manager. She has a solid knowledge. Exactly. But right. I think gameplay, she's still learning, but she's also a very shy personality. And I don't mean shy and like, as far as like she can talk and she can, you know, write and she right. has as far as like challenges go, or as far as like being able to really have that killer, like I'm going to 
fucking like a get you sucker kind of mentality you need sometimes. Like I don't think she has that yet, and she's like going to be more like willing. Kind of like, almost reminded me of what Ace did in the Star Wars tournament. At one point, Ace was kind of like, "Well, isn't that kind of a well? All right, I'll let it go." Or our manager's going to come in and say something like at that point, my manager go, no, 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 we don't let things go. We need to. No, every well, the difference is that, well, thing is, Ace is very vocal about it. He admitted, he's like, hey, if I I can tell you know it. So I'm, I, you, to me, you know it. I'm not going to question based on the technicality of and, right. and, you know, things like that. Whereas someone like he doesn't have that killer instinct. You right. know, if you know it, you know it. And he's not going to question you. Right. Versus someone like uh, Melanda. Who does have that killer instinct? He will <laughs> challenge the f out of it. If you have a missing s. He's going to go for it. I definitely. Like, boom. Yeah. So, yeah. so Ace would rather challenge based off like the general knowledge. Right. Um, uh, the Alex wants to challenge you on the hard, hardcore specifics of the knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's just. So Never. would Liz Shannon Miller do that? So I don't know if Liz Shannon Miller would do that. I almost feel like she's too nice in a way. Maybe, maybe that's a maybe that's a, an act. Maybe that's something that she's mm -hmm. hasn't shown yet and had an opportunity to show yet. But I'd like to see if she would. And if she wouldn't, maybe managing Tony Winston, a manager, could help her in that way, in that fashion. I think she's just really liking having a support system around her just as much as having a manager to kind of hype her up mm. as well. Because she's she has said multiple times like she loves the camaraderie that she has within swag and right. you know winston's always going to be a hype man for you that's just how he is and it's been amazing to watch mm -hmm. but i think a lot of her confidence has come from knowing that she has people in her corner to help makes sense yeah i think cool. everyone there's no exception that everyone benefits from having a manager it just depends on which manager you have and i think right. when is a really good manager for liz because mm -hmm. he can do that that talk he can do that trash talk mm -hmm. that that liz might not be as comfortable doing herself so i i definitely think that she was she was put on the right faction yeah, yeah. absolutely i i do think that it really speaks to how well winston is one of the he's definitely one of the best he's to me he's probably gonna get I'm like 80% sure he's going to walk away with a big manager of the year or this season. Honestly, that can change. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I think a lot of it is recency bias, like towards the end of the season, that's when the, you know, the big, you know, awards campaigns mm -hmm. start coming out, obviously. Mm -hmm. But Winston's obviously, he's doing some really consistent, really great work with all of his competitors. Um, but, you know, we kind of, we've seen him really kind of go to, go to bat for his competitors, but we also have seen in Kate's, she recently, when she um, did, she had that little mistake in the first round for her uh, with uh, that match with Tom uh, yeah. with Jader. And she was very vocal about it. She's like, that was my fault. I I, I didn't catch that. I, I didn't right. catch the potential challenge. It was like the question about um, who directed. Uh, Sin City. Yeah, Sin City. Thank you. And yeah. it was Rudy Rodriguez. And Tom was like, put down all three directors. Yeah. <laughs> and, Jader had the one director. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't catch it. And she's like, Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. I should have. That That's all because, and as a result, Tom missed the second one, missed the next question because I he was trying to tell me to challenge and I didn't catch this completely. Yeah. And so you kind of really see Kate, it's her first season as well. And she's definitely growing as a manager and she right. is going to get it million times better but we see her making some of these mistakes that are totally human nor normal but you also see well, someone like winston that is excelling every step of the way mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. shannon miller oh perfect 
Yeah, absolutely. Ryan says he's underappreciated. And that's interesting. Not many managers have shown to own their mistakes like Kate did. That's, that's another aspect. That's very true. She has, said, she has said that she does that because she wants to take the heat. She wants to take everything away right. from her players. She doesn't want her players to take any heat. And so, so she's happy to take it all. She's mentioned that. That is a good aspect. I think all the managers have something going for them. Um, different personality types, different ways to attack things. They would have some pros and some cons. Um, but you're right, Winston's definitely been one of the more complete managers I think we've seen yeah. all year. Um, Liz Shannon, I'm not listening. Shannon, Shannon Barney is another one who comes to mind as someone who's been pretty complete as far as that goes. Um, as I know, as far as definitely a mouthpiece, definitely getting in someone's head and definitely, I know the corruption studies a lot as well. So it's a good three-way for that as well. So yeah. that's, I think Shannon Barney is definitely a contender at this point for manager of the year as well. But uh, yeah. I think Kate would be in the conversation more. And I mean, this is by basis of how this game runs and how people perceive managers. If Kate can come out with the winning team in the teams tournament, Mm. I think that really boosts her up. Because right now she's got solid competitors, but she's not putting herself in those big contention matches that are it's putting her in the forefront of the conversation. I mean, right now we're seeing Winston, Shannon constantly. Coy's coming back into that conversation as well mm-hmm. because of the profile matches that are coming. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I love Kate, but I don't see her breaking into that top level of manager of the year conversation only because of how the Schmodown views their managers of the year. Oh, not only that. I mean, about singles, Dan, like, he's the only one. We have one person in the den left at this point. I mean, right. in, in round one, we only had one person in the den left. Tom was the only person left. Yeah. I also think that we have to remember is that we haven't really seen anyone truly excel, like really excel in her faction. We've seen Tom do really well so far. Yeah. And yeah. maybe, maybe like you said, if him and that's God. the final. Goddard's still probably up for Rookie of the Year at this point, I think. That's, he's definitely in the conversation. You know, he, we haven't really heard uh, of him in a while. He's not in the team yeah, that's tournament. The thing. He, he's not it, in the team tournament, and, you know, he's he's not in the singles tournament. He was an ID, and he had one singles match. He's not around anymore. He, and he, yeah, he pulled himself out of the singles tournament. He kept himself out. So that's something to say. Yeah. He definitely all the team's thing. It was the it was a decision by Kate. I know he had it. We'll talk about that in a little mm-hmm. bit as well. But it's Tom Tom versus the, uh, the Pride and – Ball and Tom were once chosen. So, but I guess that Goddard hasn't done very well this season he, for her. So no, he did well, but again, he's not in the forefront in this latter part of the season. That's where recency bias. Big. That's a big. That's a big thing. Unfortunately. I'll agree with so. that. And again, we haven't really seen anyone truly excel. We've seen him win. We've seen him win two matches in teams, one match in IG, mm-hmm. and one match in singles. So that's amazing and in so many different leagues, but we haven't really seen him do anything recent and he's not going to have any more matches for the rest of, until next year. And that might not even be with Kate. So we don't even know if the team is going to survive. So. Interesting to say. Interesting to say. All right. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, we didn't actually talk about Bibiani versus Liz. Who do you guys, who do you guys have in that if that's going to happen? I'm going to go with Bibiani still. I think Bibiani, I think Liz makes another, I think Liz takes that next step and she's solid. But I don't think she's quite there with Bibs yet. So that's where I'm going to go with Bibs. So before her match with Chance, I definitely had Liz in the mid tier, mid to high tier in between those two. Uh, I am done underestimating Liz after her match with Chance. But that said, I still have to go with Bibiani. I think he's just too good. Mm-hmm. I, that's a good point. Alex? 
back to me, dude. Come back to me. Back. All right. Come back. Max, what do you think? So I uh, kind of going back to how how Liz has been doing so far I, and talking about her uh, match against Chance. Yes, Chance had technically answered more questions than Liz, but Liz was able to capitalize on more points. And I think that is going to be a big determiner. Who's going to get their five pointer? It's going to, it's going to come down to the five and it could very well go into multiple rounds of sudden death with her against Bibiani. You know, let's talk about that. You did say that, and then you want to bring up that whole right. idea of PPE. So talk to us about that as far as, as so, this goes. So, so essentially, when you're looking at those two numbers, accuracies is how many how many questions, just one for one, how many questions did you get right out of what's asked of you? Potential points earned is out of those questions you were asked, did you answer everything at the mo maximum value of points? Hmm. What we saw with Miller versus Allison was that while Liz came out of round one with fewer points, she was able to hit her five pointer, which essentially negated the advantage that Allison came out of in round one because he did not, he was not able to hit his five. Right. So Allison was hitting more points initially, but he didn't hit those high value questions. Right. That, high, that one high value question that would have set him up for right. the win at that point. So um, five pointers are really the big thing as far as PPE goes. If you can get a five pointer yes. that can help negate a lot of things you did didn't get in earlier in the game, is what you're saying. Correct. Yes. Depending on and, and that also depends on how your round two uh pans out. But yes, if all things are even in round two, if you miss only say two questions in round one, but you hit your five and your opponent doesn't you're still going to win the match because even though technically your opponent hit more from an accuracy standpoint, mm -hmm. you were able to get more points based on the value of questions that you were able to answer, which is a very, very interesting conversation. And I could write an entire paper thesis on this. I want to see it in my own <laughs> uh, That would be my doctoral more. dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, you got some time there. Have you made up your mind? Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, I, I think it just comes down to I think Bibbs has it more than anything. Liz, she's obviously if there's anyone to take her down, similar to, it's I feel like it's a very similar conversation to Craig. I do think it's gonna come back to the wire. They're both have very similar academic backgrounds and very traditional, both very traditional um uh, movie critics, um yeah. and culture critics kind of things. Um so I but I do think Bibbs has. I think he just has more core knowledge at the end of the day. So. Fair enough. Fair Very enough. Well All right. Uh, let's uh, move on to the final match of the week. It's Mark Riley versus Perry Nemirov. This, to me, was one I was looking very much forward to, not necessarily as a barn burner match, but to see where these opponent or these uh, players stood. Perry had her, her took out Michael uh, Mike Kalinowski, and that, I feel, was definitely a shock to most people. Um, mm -hmm. although when you look at it, it wasn't as shocking as you might have thought. That's a narrative thing because Mike has always been a little bit, uh, I feel lesser in singles than he is in teams and an IG. I think his IG and his team run kind of make him look better than he is in singles. Uh, he has some get a good run in singles at one point, but he's never he's been kind of hot and cold, like you said. 
Um, whereas Perry Emeroff, though, the North story on her was that she was on tough beats, uh, lost a couple of hard matches, and, lo- and left because she just didn't feel like she could compete as much to the, to the level she wanted to. Uh, something to that effect, that's what she said. Uh, but she does well in the Jurassic Park matches, but she comes back and she beats Mike Kalinowski, which kind of like sets her up that new level. I mean, automatically, I think she had the win for, by beating Mike. She kind of won her season. That was her like, that's her getting a championship was beating Mike Kalinowski, getting her, setting her back up that she can compete in the league now mm-hmm. uh, as it was. And then she had to go up against Mark Riley, who has legitimately been struggling a lot recently. Yeah. The, of course, the boss match where he got, he got thumped. Um, he had the video drew match where he won, but even he would say it was far from the prettiest uh, mm-hmm. match. So I don't know what happened, but then this was an interesting season where he was going to be against Perry at that point. Uh, right. Going in, going in, I still gave Riley the edge, and I think that's partially because of his legendary status. Um, and that's a conversation to have at some point too, as far as narrative goes. So some of these players who have been around forever, I mean, Riley was. A legend because he's a two-time champ. People like almost nothing don't for, they don't remember, but it's been so long now since he had that title uh, and won it during a different era of the showdown. It, it's hard to see how much that matters compared to like today's league and his place in today's league where he did struggle as much. Um, but given that respect, I still had Riley um, winning, but I thought it was going to be a close one. What did you have now? Um, this one was really interesting to me because Riley had. That's so little momentum, the least momentum out of anyone in the tournament because he was just barely, he just squeaked by, squeaked the win by uh, Video Drew. And whereas Perry, she was coming in with so much momentum. I, I do think that Mike is a, a high caliber player. I think we'll never know, but I think that if Mike didn't miss the Flash Gordon question, he would have beaten Paul Oyama for the championship with the way that Oyama played that night. So I, I think Mike is definitely top tier, and that was a huge win for Perry. Um, I, I definitely had Riley winning because he's just been there more. He's been on he's been on top of the mountaintop. Uh, Perry to me was like this low ranked college basketball team that just just uh, pulled a huge upset. And Mark Riley is I would compare him to Louisville. He's he's been champion before, but he he's not as dominant as he once was. But at the, at the end of the day, Louisville is still a very respectable team, and I I just had Riley winning. All right, fair enough. What are you, Alex? I had him being KO'd. You had Riley being KO'd. I had Riley being KO'd, to be honest. Um, I thought Perry was going to take it 110%. I keep bringing that up. That's how confident I am. I was about Perry taking this, to be completely honest. And I am eating my words, um, you know, sadly. But, you know, it is what it is. I Perry, she, I, I thing is, when it comes to, Perry, I do think she had a lot of momentum going into this. I also think that she has become, she's really thrived under Koi's guidance and mentorship. And she's really kind of helped him tra- helped her train efficiently. Um, but Riley, he's like been very vocal about it. He's like, I'm training, but you know, I have a lot of other stuff going on. So it's not, it's a priority, but it's not that much of a priority. And we haven't really seen him in the in this past season, we haven't really seen him really really succeed all that much as in this year at all and and you know, he's we we've seen him like beat you know video drew awesome cool um but i was really surprised about this one i was <laughs> just like uh, all right that hurt, that hurt. what do you think going on 
I had Riley winning. Um, I still, I believe in him still as a competitor that he can still be that top tier, but as opposed to some other competitors where the, some competitors have to really bear down and really study and hit the books in order to get back in that top tier. Riley needs to chill. Riley needs mm. to just get back to his relaxed state of, he knows what he knows he's going to study, but he comes into the games to have fun. If he wins. Great. If not, you move on. So seeing him get back into that attitude made me so much more confident he was going to be able to pull it out. Cause when he's just relaxed or able to lean on somebody else like Bateman, who was going to be so much more of that strategic player and the really hitting the books hard that like Levon, he was so much better. So I, again, Perry's been amazing. She, I, totally believe that she won that match legitimately against KO. It wasn't a fluke, hmm. but Riley's somebody that I followed since I started and I wanted to see him at least get further along in this uh, tournament to bring him back into the conversation that he deserves to be in. I will. Yeah. I will said that he, it's kind of what I mean. I ride been around for so long that he's had a lot of fan, uh, building him up. A lot of fans love him and fans will want to see him win. And sometimes clouds the narrative a little bit that way in terms of how he's doing now. Um, but, but Alex. Well, I, I just do want to mention, I do think that, I mean, his performance was not, was actually also in part to Perry being Perry um, because they are friends. They mm -hmm. work together. Um, there is that, I mean, there, Riley's not at any point trying to pull his character. He's not trying to be a cleaner heel situation or anything along those lines. He's not trying to trying to be this cool guy with the leather jacket and everything. He was just like there hanging out in his office and he's just like drinking his little boba tea or whatever. <laughs> and, and I felt like that really translated well. Like you said, when he is just chill and he's hanging out, he's great. When he's like um, but when he's, um, he gets too wrapped up into yeah, it he will get hot and everything. He, he, it's very hot and cold and you don't know what's, what he's going to get. But I think it, it, knowing that he was going against Perry, he just felt so comfortable and he was just hanging out. And so I felt like her uh, knowing that he was, who he was going up against, not because of a record or anything, but just because he's just there with a friend, a genuine mm -hmm. friend that was one of the real big reasons why he walked away with the win as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'll, I'll add on to that as well. It's exactly what you said is when he is chill and he's not getting into his head, which is something that he tends to do. He gets into his own head and he starts missing questions at round one. He starts like, fighting him off and he, he kind of tends to struggle a little bit. Um, but he, this match shows exactly that because he was chill and cool as a cucumber and he had probably his best singles match in years. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was one of his best single matches in a long, long time. I mean, he did beat Janine earlier in the year, and he, he did right. beat Video Drew, but this was like a different kind of thing where he kind of came out. Uh, he he did a seven out of eight in round one. He just had the one yeah. miss. Round yeah. two, he, he got sports and was able to – he checked out multiple choice twice, but he got – navigated it well, though. Yeah, for, navigated it very for, well. For not necessarily his top choice, he, like, he, he navigated it like the veteran that he is. Especially considering that uh, Perry ran through Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yes. I, I mean, nothing against her game whatsoever. She right. just – I, I consider her a very solid singles competitor at this point. Mm -hmm. Not Absolutely. to mention it's uh, the Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's a new, very new slice this season. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And so obviously we didn't really know it's so much like Nora Ephron or SNL. It's, it was for a minute, it was very, um, we weren't as comp pet competitors, weren't sure how to feel about a lot of these new slices and whether or not they should, they should choose them if they land on them just because they don't know what to expect at all. Right. Honestly, Perry went with it. When it was, when she's got it, she's like, I want to do this. And she chose it and bam, mm -hmm. went through it. Like a knife through hot but butter. Also, yeah. knife through Considering butter her job, she said she even mentioned Dwayne and I are like cool. We're like buds. <laughs> I, 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 I hung out with them when I went to Hawaii for like Jumanji, the next level. And I went, I went to the promo, promo for Survivor uh, yes, yes. and Rampage. And so <laughs> You see her in a bunch of interviews with The Rock, so it's like there's there's that obvious recognition there. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and I'll say with that, you have to research the people you're going to interview, so it makes sense that she has done the research. Right, intense research. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, that's what, that's what it is. So Perry has a great match. It Roddy still beats her by being just a little more solid in round three, and that's all it took. But it's a good sign moving forward if Riley can keep that momentum going. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him competing up against some of the big boys. I mean, I still would consider him probably going to, like, I will talk about who's going to face. You know, let's do it now. Let's get it up there. Uh, who is he facing next? Riley faces the winner of Snyder and Oyama. And I think that's uh, puts Riley in probably the best position he could be in. If he had to pick a match, uh, he had to pick a quadrant. I think that's the one he would probably pick. Uh, Snyder can get in his own head. Pauliyama has been a little, I'd say, and before before last match anyway, before last Pauliyama's matches, he had been a little hot and cold. I uh, definitely made a statement his last match, um, but it's an interesting choice to make. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Oyama and Snyder? Now, I got, I have Oyama winning. I have Oyama winning pretty. I think Oyama took that. Uh, he's taking it seriously. He he had that dominant match. I think he. I think he gets in Jeff's head and takes it. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mentioned this during the breakdown. I feel like they're just too on the opposite, on the opposite end, ends of the spectrum because Oyama is so strategic. Uh, Snyder is so knowledgeable. He, he's admitted that he doesn't study, but he, he works in the industry. He knows a lot about movies. So mm -hmm. this one can go either way for me. I give a slight edge to Oyama just because he has a really good mind for the game. He's been a fan for so long. He, he was a fan before he came in, so he knows how this game works. So I, I give the slight edge to Oyama. I love the idea that Oyama's going to definitely – he's got to put inner geekdom on the wheel, right? Yeah. just to piss off Jeff Snyder everything else. So if only for the sake of just messing with Snyder's head, yes. Right. And that's what's oh my God. Richmond, yeah, right I remember there, like, in the, their championship match in New York where he put, like, Harry Potter or Wizarding World on the wheel? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it happened, and it got in his head. It got in Jeff's head. So it's a way to go. That's why I think it's going to happen something similar again. And if that happens, if, if IG is in the wheel and, and Snyder gets forced to take it or something, game over. Oyama wins. Game over, man. Game over, man. Game over. Um, so, all right. Well, we, all right. Well, what do you guys think? Do you have Oyama being Snyder then at this point? I do. And though before seeing Snyder – in his first match, I would have had Oyama beating by a much bigger margin, but seeing how Snyder has taken to uh, the tournament thus far this season, I think it's going to be closer than I was anticipating. 
Mm. Um, it's gonna and it's gonna depend on where Snyder's head is at by the time we hit round three. Because right. we, we've seen him kind of struggle a little bit from the mindset in that last round. Right. So and but Oyama can be that same way too. So I just give more the strategic advantage to Oyama at this point. Makes sense. To Makes put sense. himself to put himself in a better position going into round three. What do you got for us, Alex? What do you, you have an idea on this one? She looks like she's got an interesting thought. I thought all my thoughts were interesting, Mags. I'd say about extra, extra, extra. I really can't. I, I feel very divided um, because they're both wonderful competitors. I do want to oh, give yeah. the word to Oyama um, because he is, I think he being with, uh, being with Lon, being succeeding in team, have really perked him up as far as his intensity. Kind of reminded reminded him where his killer instinct was, and I would love for him to succeed more and more in the singles tournament. I do think that we um, we haven't really seen him succeed in singles outside of uh, since last year, um, and uh, and I don't want anyone to think, oh, of course he he beat Marisol because it's she's a rookie. Like, you know, not saying that she's not a great competitor. Obviously she was, but I mean, like it, I mean, it, was her, it was her second match ever going up against a former singles champion. So it's like, you know, we could, we could have had another upset like Collins and Roga, but I get, you know, it's, you know, likeness, you know, that doesn't happen very often. So to be somebody when they go perfect. That's right. That's, that's, the thing. that's perfect. true. Uh, Marisol wasn't perfect though. Um, yeah, she she also very clearly had a lot of gaps in her in her knowledge from the get go. Um, Adam, we haven't really seen that yet. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. <laughs> yeah, he's like Collins is like new Oyama. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. But I do say Snyder. He doesn't study. He he's a Kramer, you know. And I don't think that's gonna really work in this tournament anymore. So then we got Oyama versus uh, and Riley then at that point. And that's going to be a very interesting match as well. Is what Riley are we going to get? Are we going to get the Riley that's chill? Are we going to get the Riley that's not so chill? Oyama is not the uh, intimidator anymore. He's not trying to be the cocky heel anymore. He's been more of a low-key kind of guy that's coming in and being nice. And uh, I, maybe that works actually towards to Riley's advantage, potentially. Um, if I had to pick one right now, I think I'd lean Oyama just because he's I think he's got a m more solid knowledgeable base than, than Riley does as far as uh, overall goes. Oyama knows things he shouldn't know. That's what uh, Bateman has always said, and I kind of agree with that. He just knows all these things that he, at, at 22 or whatever he is, maybe 23 now, whatever either, he, he just knows things he shouldn't know. Um, so that being said, unless it goes specifically for Riley, I think we're on round two, and I'm not even sure what that is. I'm not even sure what the weakness for Oyama would be per se. Um, then I think Oyama's going to take this one as well. What do you guys have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's not a weak quadrant on the whole bracket, but like you said, Paul, this is the one you want to be in. I think this is where Riley has his best shot. Right. It really depends on which Riley shows up. If the Riley from the last match shows up, I could easily see him taking it. But I think more often than not, I think Paul Yama pulls through. Do you have one for this one? Alex, I know I'm putting pressure on you. You seem like you're just like very – Unknown right now. I mean, no, I mean, like they're it's it's one hundred and ten percent Oyama. And you don't have a lot of respect for Riley at this point, do you? No, as far as game, as far as game 
Riley, he's fantastic. It's just like he's a very at this point, he's, it feels like he is he's just much more of a casual competitor compared to Oyama, which is not a bad thing. I just want to point that out there. Um, is just Oyama, he is just so aggressive in the way he plays. He has that killer instinct. And you know, Riley, he's thriving in these kind of casual with the you know, being a casual competitor, and that's awesome. And if that's gonna work for you keep it do it and uh, i think that also comes down to the wheel again you know he did he did definitely obviously be perry riley did but let's face it a lot had to go wrong for perry in order for her honestly to lose as well i think um and i do think kind of similarly i do think that a lot of would have to go wrong for oyama in order for riley to win um, I would say for, I, don't, I don't know if I disagree. I don't agree with you about Perry. The only thing that happened for Perry, honestly, was her missing her five. I mean, she missed her right. two her five. She, she, missed, missed, she missed. She missed her. Uh, he also she, she didn't do great in the round one. I as well. She did fine. She got like what five points? Six. You know, six pointer. Yeah, it was six. She only missed one less than Riley at that point. So it's not too bad. Around two, because yeah, she missed her three and her five. And that's yeah, tough. Three and five. That's that's what I was originally thinking. Yeah. That's right. So I mean, I, I said really does that. I, I, but I get, but I get your point. But I think Riley, I think a lot will have to go right for Riley to win. I would agree with that. That would have to go right for Riley. And that's the case. Mm -hmm. I think Oyama, and even if things go against him a little bit, I think he has that kind of knowledge. So I'll lean, I'll lean Oyama. So, Meg, what do you think? So, if I'm thinking of because I. I'm pulling for Riley to win. I would almost rather see him go against Snyder. But if it's going to end up being Oyama, it's going to be a rough road for him to be able to pull it out. Um, only because of, you know, the same things that um, Alex is saying, just the way that Oyama approaches the game more favors him in this era of the showdown. I agree with that. Um, but I mean, I I am so much. I I am not a hundred percent higher than ten percent saying Oyama because I am such a big fan of Riley. So mm -hmm. I can't. I I think it will be very tough for him to pull it out. But I am pulling for him to be able to do it. All right. Uh, not a fan of the panel discounting Snyder. I don't think it's a certain no, discounting not at all. Snyder. Snyder, yeah, he's great. He's I'd a creamer though. He crams. I would love to see if, if you okay, if you were gonna team up on a group project in, in high school or college or whatever maybe or work um for do you want to be with someone that consistently studies and everything that works hard throughout the entire semester or would you put rather be put with a student that or whatever that crams 20 minutes before oh actually scratch that 30 minutes before that's why right, he, he said, said 30. he said 30 <laughs> minutes not 20 minutes 30 minutes that's it that's all he does he doesn't study he doesn't practice and watch matches. It didn't practice tests or anything. Um, he does if people beg, but that's it. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, that's another Riley from his title match against Roka is the one that needs to show up because the motivation mixed in with the strategy he's learned from being Ben's partner. Yeah. Um, I get that. I get that. Uh, but I, like I said, that's a different era. It's such a different game back then. You got to bring um, out the Karate Kid D. Yeah, the game. He does bring out the Karate Kid D. We could see that, man. Um, yes. But if we could see Riley pull what he knows from Bateman, from who's the boss, that would be great. But uh, I don't know if I've seen a lot of strategy from him even these last couple games so far. But you never know. You never know what's going to happen on that one. So Yeah. So let's bring up now. I'm going to bring this up real quick. 
let's just make a bold prediction. Who do you have in the finals? The final Ooh. two. If you got to pick right now. Here you are. What are your finals and who takes it all? Uh, I'll start with you, Natty. Oh, man, putting me on a spot. I am putting you right uh, on the spot. I like a hosting, so I don't have to say anything. I can decide who's the answer first. I can wait till the end. I like that. So go ahead, Ned. <laughs> I feel like it's a toss-up between Adam Collins and Bibiani for the left side of the bracket. I am going to go Bibiani versus Tom. Bibiani versus Tom. Okay. And uh, who do you got winning that one? Do you have a choice on who you're doing that one? Or do you want to wait? Do you want to go back around? I'm going to go Viviani just because I'm biased because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Alex, what do you have in the finals? I'm like mapping out my stuff right here. <laughs> um, I, I was actually narrowing it down and kind of going over stuff. And I honestly think the final two is going to come down to Bibbs and Ethan Irwin. Um, those are the final two that I think it's going to be in the finals. Um, and I do think the winner will be – Bibs. Bibs. Okay. I feel like it's a year of bibs. I it's I feel like it's bibs year. I feel like he's succeeded in both singles, teams. So uh, who knows? Okay. All right. That makes sense. Right. What do you guys say, Max? So as much as I hate to say it, I'm gonna have Ethan coming out of that right side of the bracket. Okay. Um, and on the left side. I'm feeling the kid. I'm feeling Meyer. Actually, actually, um, we'll see. We'll see how that how that goes. But like, just my gut feeling at this point, looking at who's over there, um, I'm gonna say that. And then, as far as between the two of them, my head says Irwin, but my heart says Meyer. You think the two can beat his partner? Hey, I said it with my heart. I, I, yeah, he's already beat him once. Yeah, he did. Triple threat. Yes. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. He I, lost sorry. Oh, sorry. You're someone's breaking out. I can't hear what you said. He lost the triple threat match, Bibiani. It was Bibiani, Meyer, and Merle. And Bibiani was out before the end. So Merle beat him. It was so Bibiani got KO. I think if, if, if it had been between Bibiani and Meyer at that point, it would have been Meyer. Are we counting that, guys? I'm, I'm counting it. I count that. Absolutely, okay. I count that over you and Dylan. They were pretty much neck and neck up until that final round it, anyway. It was, yeah, so. it was like 20, 28, 29 points. I remember. It was amazing. It's a great match. It was my favorite one. Yeah, it was a great match. When it comes to showdown. Okay. I love that pick, though. I love that pick. I think Meyer had a lot to prove, and I think he could he could pull okay. it off. He was going to be honest. He very much could. Um, go from, I got some I got some shocking news for you guys, and people in the chat might not might not uh, believe it, and some people who watch this later might not believe it. I don't can't believe I'm going to say this. I agree with Alex. I agree with Alex. No. I think, no, I think you're not mad enough. You're going to bring this upon us, guys. Um, uh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> yes, oh, Paul has been taken over <laughs> by, I, a, <laughs> by a bus because this clearly doesn't happen. Because you know, no. we know he's bot now because he agreed with me for the second time in like a week. I this know is what is going. What on? is the world coming to? Who are you? What is <laughs> happening here? <sighs> 
But I, I gotta say, I agree. Like, I, it was even weirder. I'm gonna say, like, you said the words, this is Bibiani's year. It's, and I, that's exactly what I was gonna say. This feels like destiny. It feels like Bibiani has been moving towards this since he lost in Spectacular and then slowly moving towards. And I think he's been, this is the year of Bibs. He's standing tall at the end. Pun definitely intended. Standing. <laughs> I don't oh, think he's seen no. a sheer chair in three years. Um, <laughs> I do think he's never gonna sit down during a match ever again. Ever again. Why would he? Now I will say, if he is holding his cats, if he is holding his cats, I might give him the edge just because his cats are amazing. No, oh my gosh, if we could get some cat cameos, it'd be magical. Thing is, we couldn't. That couldn't happen because he couldn't hold his cats unless they were like on his shoulders. Yeah, little kittens where they can hang out in his like a little jacket, like your pocket. They're like actual cats. They're like true story. I had a kitten. This little asshole. Oh Oh, gosh, I had a cat that would sit in my hoodie (laughs) while I was studying, and like he'd have his shoulder or his paws on my shoulder and looking over my shoulder while he's sitting in my hoodie. I so much. I have a cat right here. It's like sleeping in a new chair. We have a black chair. It's an old office chair. Uh, it's now orange though because it's his chair and like all his fur is all over it. Uh, totally get it. Ours is brown because we have a tabby who is sleeping over here next to me too. <laughs> but going back to me, I, I agree that it's got to be Bibbs on the side, and I think Irwin is so powerful that I, I can't see him losing to anybody. He, I mean, he could lose the top, but he could, uh, he could lose it. But like, I just see him. Doing, I mean, yeah, that match against Dan, which is so good. I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I have Bibbs versus Irwin, and I think Bibbs takes it. I do. I don't know what's going on right now. I really <laughs> Jake, don't. I don't either. I, I wish I had an explanation. It, 2020 is the only excuse. 2020 is the only <laughs> excuse that I could say. It's finally gotten to us. I'm agreeing with Alex. I'm agreeing with the plan. <laughs> and Harris called me. <laughs> <It was an laughs> Uh, wow, I don't. I, I hate to say it, but uh, it is true. Alex, you and I are forming a bond. Maybe is, is this a is this a new leaf we're turning over? Are we, are we teaming up now? Is this a heel turn or a face turn for one of us? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. We're not gonna, you don't there, have time. there it is. Let, let, let's, let's not even. No comment there. <laughs> I, I need someone to explain to me what a heel is. But also, why the heck would I come up with this ass hat? I mean, come on, guys. Ass hat. I don't know. He's like married to Ed Harris, or he's trying to get married to Ed Harris, and I don't oh. even know who this guy is. Some I need to sleep tonight, so please don't bring that picture up. That no one knows about. It's just so weird. But clearly, the world is coming to an end because we actually agreed like twice in a week. I know. I, I can't. I can't wait to see if this actually continues. If this continues, we might have to seek some kind of help because this is. I, I don't. I don't think we can survive. I don't see who we can survive with us. We do need to seek some help, Paul. So, yeah. I definitely, I think you do definitely as well. Uh, so, all right. Uh, <laughs> that being said, after that hot take that we have, uh, <laughs> Ooh, that was something. Uh, <laughs> something, something happened. Let's. Uh, uh, all right, fine. Come on, Ferris, don't do this to me. Get ready for uh, nightmare. Dan Merle's nightmare fuel. There it is. There it is. Look at that. Look at yeah. that. We're, we're just Why? 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 <laughs> Are those like red glasses? Sunglasses? Uh, I don't know. No, uh, they, they might have a red tinge to them, but I don't think so. I don't think yeah. they're actually red. Uh, <laughs> well, wear red sunglasses. <sighs> I love red sunglasses. I did. Yeah, I, 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 I did love them. 
Yeah, I say like exactly what I said. Okay. <laughs> Dang, you should just run about to that point, maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on from that. And uh, let's get into uh, the idea I wanted to talk about. Maybe, I don't know how long the conversation will be, but Bateman and uh, the end of Backstage. Bateman oh. got, it's kind of strange. This show has always been kind of an interesting show, done really well, but it's always kind of fluid. Between. It's called Backstage, but yet there's definitely some kayfabe aspects to it as well. There's definitely some storyline aspects that get pushed at times. So you never really know. Sometimes you don't know what's real and what's not, and maybe that's what they're going for. But um, It's shifted over time, shifted too. Over time. That's true. Thanks. Thanks, Hannah. That's, that's not true, but I love what you're saying there. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bateman signs off Roka's final uh, episode mm -hmm. um, and Bateman really hardcore basically dissed him Stone Cold dissed him um, mm -hmm. he, said, he turned this whole took that step back towards healed him um, which I, I'm happy for I love I, I want to heal Bateman you guys would love it so I mean Bateman was always healed I don't buy any of this, this tweener bullshit he's <laughs> He tried though to be a face. That's you know, a you know, we all know why Nat's hair is so big, right? It's so full of secrets. Is that what it is? He's Schmodati. Uh, Are you Schmodati? No, it's not Schmodati. <laughs> he has a so full of Schmodan secrets. <laughs> Schmodan booty. <laughs> Ferris, I'm gonna have somebody time you out real quick. We're gonna time out. Time him out. Oh. Oh. Mm. oh, that's an interesting pick. I do love me some Sam Elliott. Yeah, he's been timed out. Um, <laughs> I just abused my power, and I, I love it. Uh, but even the great thing about Bateman heel uh, aspect, first of all, not only does it take a step back in that general direction of everything we want to see on this podcast, which is the reuniting of team action, which would make us all very, very happy. Um, but I think it's interesting to more note the backstage aspect of it. You got Bateman coming as heel, and he's been teaming up with Rachel Cushing as yes. a face because she. I, I don't think I could ever see Rachel being a heel. Um, yeah. It's going to make for an interesting dynamic. Are you guys looking forward to this with backstage with, with these two together? What do you think? Um, I feel like I'm definitely going to be making an active effort to watch more personally just because I do love Rachel Cushing. I think she's an amazing personality. We rarely get to see her on, on SCN all that much. Um, and you know, the showdown backstage, I, I, I would like watching it, but it was just so Finstock exchange focused <laughs> right. and uh, perfectly so. And I get why. And obviously Roka and um, Ben are both really great TV show hosts and really great personalities and interviewers. But at the end of the day, I would love to, the focus shift to someone also that doesn't have a bias going into it. Someone mm -hmm. like we could say, oh, she's biased, you know, for the usual suspects, but technically she's not affiliated. And so we can't really make that assessment already. We can't make that judgment going in. It's funny you say that. I mean, she's technically not, but I mean, on the she was on the action guys. She kind of fully admitted it because I know that somebody, I forget what, what was said. She said, because someone actually mentioned it on screen that Rachel was the one helping him from usual suspects. It's almost like yes. yeah. partially canon now in a way. Like she kind of made reference on the action guys saying it was kind of canon now because it was mentioned. So I don't well, know. It's, it's like she, more. I think it was when she, like, she made herself available to anyone, but inevitably she was mostly helping usual suspects competitors because they're in her fiance's sphere. Right. So I think just by, by proximity, 
she's going to be helping usual suspects more because they feel more accessible. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. And not necessarily awesome. any fault of her own. It's just how it's worked out. Well, fair enough. It's right. so. And she's also kind of mentioned that, you know, she's, you know, she loves helping out with competitors when she can, but realistically she has, she works full time. She has a very active schedule, you know, being a, you know, being a, a TV editor and everything. So she doesn't have the time to really actively put in uh, the time or effort to be a real, like, uh, like a re- regular scheduled advisor, like someone like Grace could or Jay could, uh, hypothetically. Um, but also mentioned that, yeah, she is helping, you know, when she can, but right. it's kind of like being the cool auntie or the cool uncle. You stuff them, you're, you stuff the kids with sugar, you know, like when you're babysitting them, but at the end, of, you always give them back. Right. Yeah, that, I agree with that. Um, nah, anything you want to add to that conversation? Um, so I don't really follow backstage as much as I should. I really want to, but like you're saying like there's a possibility that Rachel's gonna come back and team up with Ben. Is that what you're saying? No, Ben and Rachel are gonna be are on the backstage together now. They're hosting oh, the backstage. Oh, right, right, right. Uh I've I've seen people talk about like how the, the lines are blurred between is this kayfabe, is this a worker or shoot? Like is he's like is he actually like mad about all this? this? This is where the showdown is at his best, I think. As a wrestling fan, I love it when the lines are blurred. Mm. Where you can't tell what's real and what's fake. Like if you've been following wrestling lately, uh, Adam Cole told Pat Mac- McAfee to go fuck himself, and you don't curse on WWE, so that got a lot of attention. Is is this real? Is it scripted? So I I love it when the lines are blurred. Like that to me is when storylines are most interesting. Fair enough. All right. Uh, real quick, you get a super chat from Mukbang Reviews. Thank you, Mukbang. I love Alex. And when you talk Schmodown, would you ever play or manage? I thought what Gucci did was reprehensible. Would you ever play or manage in Schmodown, Alex? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, that'd be like the dream. I don't think it's ever going to happen, realistically. I also don't think I'm really good enough to play, um, to be completely honest. I think it's fun, uh, but I don't do well under pressure. <laughs> 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 to be completely honest, like, if, like, it's just. No, I don't. I do. I'm kind of like Riley where it's like I do well when there's there's nothing going on, when there's no stakes. If there are stakes, I do horrible. Mm. <laughs> but manage, though. I manage. That would be fun. I'm always down for managing. I manage a handful of people in the fan leagues, and I'm so proud. I'm so excited. I have uh, I have several. Uh, one of my competitors, he's a defending champion in a league, and he's so amazing. I'm so proud of him. Um, but he also, we just scheduled his another defending title match here in late October. So it's going to be fun to see. Sweet, sweet. Oh, so proud of him. Well, there we go. There we go. Uh, we do have a Streamlabs, I believe, Alex. Do we? Yeah, I was definitely about to mention that. Okay, because Ferris just told me about it. He wants to, re- he wants to uh, I think, probably insult me pretty much, and that's okay. <laughs> go ahead. You did pay for it, so give him, you can go ahead and read his out, and we'll see what he has to Yeah, um, Ferris, um, Ferris has, uh, donates very uh, – he donates very generously saying, Paul, that's some bullshit. You put, you, you just cool motherfucker. You <laughs> hate <your> neck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not I'm very articulate when it comes to. <laughs> oh, that's some bullshit. You just pull some, you just pull motherfucker. You hack. I know. You know. Oh, I, know. I love you, Ferris. It's all good. It's all good. It's all like, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's like John Travolta and uh, taking a pill in one, two, three. Get the fucking door. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. All right. All right. Um, beside beyond backstage, it has to do with what we were talking about earlier, Alex, with the whole idea of Finstock Exchange. I don't know who's going to be on this uh, team next year in a way because we have a lot of different potentials. Obviously, John Roca not thrilled always to be working under Gucci. We have uh, Ben Bateman, who now appear, apparently will not work for Gucci again. He kind of made that pretty clear, unless things change the next couple months. Uh, interestingly enough, Ben even threw Riley under the bus a little bit after the match. Um, and he did not, he really did not throw uh, the Barbarian under the bus. He actually almost made it seem yeah. like. He brought him over with him. Right. So if Ben's not going to make it on the Finstock Exchange, you were predicting that Barbarian would be kept. Maybe he's not kept either. Maybe Barbarian and Ben are going to strike out on their own. I mean, I don't know who's going to be left at the end of the season. I've heard that um, Dan and uh, Dan might not want to play under Gucci like at all. Well, I think Dan's going to go where Roka goes. That's my thought. That's exactly. What and Roka but doesn't if, want him. And so. he would be, if he is a defending champ, if he is still the champion, he would still hypothetically have to be with Gucci. Unless Merle, he's like, you know what? I'm just not going to play unless until I'm traded. Well, or that's he, something you can do. Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that works out with the, the manager can keep three competitors, but then the, the way that it's, fanning out, it gives a lot more power to competitors to say, I don't want to play for you. I want to enter in the draft and be drafted by somebody else right. and, and allows them to be courted by other managers. Let me ask a question. And I don't know if this you is, right now, I know they're definitely having uh, that, on, a team. on what could you imagine a bloodbath for managers trying to get Merle on their faction? Goodness gracious. The question I have, and I don't know if this has been yeah. announced yet. We haven't actually officially announced a lot about the draft. They said three players being kept. Now, uh, you don't have to keep three players, correct? You can just choose to keep three Hypothetically, players. yeah. And hypothetically, let's say, yes. Let's say you take three players, and uh, let's say Team B, for whatever reason, Shannon, not going to happen. But say Shannon just decides, I'm just going to keep corruption, and that's it. Whoa. Does Shannon get like? I, I know, I know. This is, this is, this is, it's just a, a hypothetical for this question. Right. Right. She only keeps two players, whereas like Gucci keeps three. When you go to the draft now, does she have an extra pick, like a round pick? Like, like uh, does she have like two, almost like a first round pick and then a second round pick at that point? You know what I'm saying? Like, say, like, yeah, okay. I, I know what you're saying. I feel like it wouldn't be an extra round one. I feel like it would, I think it would just turn into a kind of like what we did, how we did it last year. You have six televised picks and then everything else is done after the fact via internet correspondence and right. you would just have an extra spot that you could fill at the end though. Cause then there'd be no I, reason I, not to I, I would say, I would say at the end. Cause I me, I wonder if you say you want to risk that. You're like, I want a round one pick from whoever's left in the draft. Cause obviously with keepers and you, yeah, it is, it's three signings, keepers, whatever it is. It's three. At the end of the day, you have three people on your right. roster. You have Already on your roster before you yeah. the draft. Let's face it. A lot of the good players are going to be gone at that point. So you wouldn't want an extra. Um, I, I am kind of curious. I feel like this should be its own special for CJA, but there are, okay, because of the amount of upsets we've had this season and the amount of like really great first round matches, I really wouldn't be surprised if we ended up getting competitors that are usually not in the conversation for like third, fourth round. Suddenly they are in that conversation for right. these teams, like someone like Gucci or Corruption that might still have uh, that. That, uh, that that aren't going to be 
you know, uh, drafting until later on. Right. But people like um, uh, Perry Nemeroff, for example, David Del Rio. Oh, yeah. To me, David Del Rio better be in the top. So flippant underrated. Here's Stanford, David Del Rio. I don't get to that level of frustration, but I, I get it. I understand. He is so he did so great. He is good. He's solid. I, um, I'm I'm a, I'm a bag. I'm solid. I'm not. I'm a believer enough. I'm not quite as I passionate. Quite as passionate he about has it, potential but. to be great. I legit feel he does have championship potential. Um, and not to mention, he almost he he almost uh, knocked out chance. As well, and I do think he has that potential with the right manager, like swag. So, what, uh, just throwing it out there now, David Zerbi or Barbarian, you have a choice for one of them. Who would you keep? Uh, I mean, Craig, honestly, just because we know Craig is also a trainer. I would say his personality is so much more. Yeah, and he works yeah. in ID. David Zerbi is more like singles and teams. Right. Barbarian is invaluable. Yes, Tacky, and just to say, I, yeah, I, I definitely get that. My my question just is like, if they decide to like go yeah. in with people only, I, I just right. I, I yeah. definitely yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. Really great convert. I am I am hoping that we wait. I'm sorry. I am kind of curious. So when that will be announced, so managers can start strategizing appropriately. I wonder if they know. <laughs> um, they, they know, and they just haven't announced it yet. It's potential. Yeah. I mean, I mean we just. Like they probably wouldn't won't announce that until like November when right. managers really start prepping. Right. I, I bet you wouldn't be announced. It might not even be announced until uh, spectacular is over. In a way, they could announce it at spectacular. Yeah, but managers are probably going to know already right. by the time it's announced. Hundred percent. And kind of to um, and to the point, Alice, what you're talking about, like people being more highly touted in the draft as they were before. Managers weren't thinking about a draft last mm -hmm. season. So all. I think that could have been part of how certain players kind of got fallen down. But now everybody's keeping that in the front of their head. So I think very likely you will see a lot more competitors that weren't initially thought of last year get catapulted because managers are starting to run that those scenarios in their heads a lot more readily just based on proximity yeah. of this being the second yeah, year. Absolutely. It's um, I, I just think that in particular – you know, so many rookies in particular, Marisol, Adam, mm -hmm. for example, as well, have really shown up this season and really, yeah. really um, did a, have done a lot, a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. And a uh, great wait, crop this year. Absolutely. Wait, wait, is Ace technically a rookie? No, he's not. No? Oh, he technically, no. Like Christian came out and said he's not a rookie. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't remember. Like, I can't think of any, like, matches in IG or, or anything. Yeah, he hasn't been matched. Two or three he years ago, he was he was in teams, right? It was a team match from two or three years uh, ago. Right. Right. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, I mean the the point the point is, I mean that we're getting a lot of upsets, a lot of competitors mm -hmm. that we are not as familiar with mm -hmm. that are really doing a lot of great work this season. So, um, you know, we can talk about how amazing a lot of the veterans, the Bibs, their Ethans, and you know the Rokas and everything, how great they are, and how quickly they're going to get um, shoveled up really quick. But I am really kind of curious to see how these newer competitors. That really showed up to play. Right. To, oh, they're going to be drafted. You know you, how quickly they are. You know what would be interesting, and this is uh, I, I don't know for fantasy football players or people who like fantasy football. There's a thing that you have in what's called a keeper league, similar system. You have these players, and you can keep so many. There is a a system that sometimes is put into place 
where like you have like say you had 16 rounds of drafting or whatever and you have three keepers on your league for next year there's some team or some leagues that'll give you like say you picked player a in round two player b in round three and player c like in round 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that really late in the round but player c did really well as a rookie of the year um, and you, if you kept those players, you kept that, that was your draft slot. You kept them in. So like, for example, if you kept player A, B and, and C, you would lose your second round pick your third round pick and your 10th round pick, which causes oh. like a lot of great uh, draft strategy. As far as if those right. rookies, you, like ace with the 10th round pick, if he keeps right. ace, he loses his 10th round pick and gets his first, you know, whatever, how many rounds he gets. Right. That makes sense. That could be a, a yeah. man in the throwdown in a way. That's, that's uh, really interesting. Um, I've never done a keeper league, so I, I don't know how that works. But like, that's really interesting because you have to like consider so many different scenarios, right? Yeah, exactly. And I love that aspect of it. I mean, you, mm-hmm. that, that pushes the dra- pushes the manager to take those to take those late round picks seriously. If you can pull mm-hmm. a player like an ace who does so well in the tenth round and keep him, that's a great spot for that. Because you only lose your tenth yeah. round instead of your first or second round kind of pick. I I could see that being a couple years down the line. We're still so new to a draft in this. It would be, but that's definitely a very interesting approach to it. It would definitely add a a very interesting dynamic to the whole draft process. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I think think it'd be cool. I like that idea of another super chat. Mukbang Reviews back again. Here's some more money because I think Alex is amazing. Love you with the outlaw in the mornings. And what do you, any of you watching now, I'm watching the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex, you definitely your stand. What are you gonna say? What you're watching? I watched the most recent episode of The Boys earlier today, and uh, it was an intense one. Um, um, I I just finished binging Mind Hunter. I, I it's what Luke's and I had a little date night last night, and we just talked for like a good 45 minutes about it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I was like, Yeah, we're talking about the dead bodies. And- <laughs> <laughs> but uh um i i didn't watch it up until now just because it like it was one of those most hyped shows on tv for the longest time and i just kind of forgot about it um but i just happened upon it now and i just i couldn't stop and it's just great it's like really it's really good and i i like i expected it go in one direction and didn't and it's like really great it's wonderful go watch it man three sometime eventually i know that fincher took a little time off from it hopefully it comes back Um, i hope it comes back mm. daddy what about you daddy what are you watching uh well i haven't been watching a whole lot of tv i've been trying to catch up with the arrowverse which has been a slog but I, I want to watch the boys soon because I've been reading the comics. I'm trying to read all the comics before I watch the show. Uh, in terms of movies, I just finished watching all the Studio Ghibli movies. And that was such a journey. There's 21 movies. They're all really good. Um, and right now, I'm making my way through all the Batman movies. So oh, I, okay, cool. I every just, Batman that's ever been in theaters? Yeah, every theatrically released Batman movie. So uh, a, couple a couple weeks ago, I watched 66. It's really good. I didn't think I'd like it, but I, I really do like it. Um, I watched 89 last week, and just today, just before we came on the show, I watched Batman Returns, which, what the hell was that movie, man? <laughs> weird. Anna, that's that's a lot of people, that's their favorite Batman movie. That's surprising. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it, but that was ridiculous, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it's it. definitely like it. a Burton movie. It's a Burton Batman. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys say, Mags? Have you been watching anything? Uh, so recently I watched The Mandalorian, rewatched Rebels, 
and I'm oh. going to start watching uh, Cobra Kai here hopefully soon. I've been wanting to watch that one for a while, so I, I'm... Can we just talk Cobra Kai on Twitch sometimes? Yeah, like, give me give me a chance to watch it, and then, yes, I will go full bore on that. Absolutely. Nice. Um, <laughs> Myself, I just finished a binge of uh, Umbrella Academy because my son was watching it, and I loved it. We got through season two a little bit later than everybody else, but I loved it. I am watching The Boys with Kim, where I think we're a few episodes behind. I got two or three to catch up on. Movies-wise, um, mm -hmm. I've been going through my James Bond watch through. I just just finished the Timothy Dalton ones, uh, which I'm glad. I like the Timothy Dalton ones were underrated. I still uh, think yeah, he is. He's very underrated. Um, and I'm also finishing up my Spike. Well, I've got nine films left. My Spike, my Spike, his Spikeries, as I call them. The Spike Lee watch mm, yes. watched Inside Man for the first time. I love, loved Inside Man quite a bit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm watching. So, here we go. Have you discovered a favorite Spike Lee movie? My right now, if I, I, cause I always rank them all on Letterboxd. I'm doing it um, right now without having watched uh, the ones between Inside Man and Black Klansman. Uh, as much, uh, I, I, I always watch them and rewatch them before I rank them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, right now, Malcolm X is on top. I think that's a almost near perfect mm -hmm. movie. Do the right thing is pretty much right after. Uh, yeah, that Inside Man was a very non, was like almost his first attempt to a non, I, I guess I say non Spike Lee movie, just a much more of a more straightforward, like heist movie, like thriller kind of thing, rather than a, a social movie, which a lot of all, all, most of his movies involve social issues and everything else. This is more of a straightforward, like actiony thriller kind of thing. Uh, and he did it really well. It really was a couple of times where like there's definitely some Spike Lee isms in it. I was tracking shower Denzel Washington like after an idea like there's this tracking shower where he comes in and like he, all people are moving fast behind him. You're concentrating Denzel's face as he goes to the door. Um, and then there was some uh, social issues mentioned here and there that definitely brought to mind some Spike Lee's uh, definitely career choices with that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's a great film though. I like it. It's probably in my top top 10, top 7. Might have cracked the top 5 of my Spike Lee movies. I have to take a look back and see. But that's where I am with that. We are off topic now. Thank you, Mukbang. We love that, though. Uh, more Mukbang reviews. Another one. Thank you for being so generous tonight. We, we appreciate that. Uh, sorry if you already, already answered this, but who is manager of the year? We definitely touched base on it. I think Alex, you said Kristen. Um, Danny, yeah. do, you, do you have a definitive decision on that at this point? So, so my pick right now is Winston, but I have a question for all of you. Do you think the manager of the year is going to be the same manager that has the winning faction? Because I, I feel like... Two of them are gonna be. It's we have to remember that we people um people vote on these. It's a popularity contest at the mm -hmm. at the very end of the day. Hypothetically, Ken Napsok has <laughs> be manager of the year. You know, he's definitely doing the best he can with what he was given, considering he joined like. Oh, right. like then I feel like he's considering what he's done. Yeah. But I, we have to be realistic when I say that um, that I don't think all competitors are really considering everything when it comes to they're picking who they want, who they think is the favorite, not necessarily who they, they think is the best. Yeah. Okay. Realistically, fine. Yeah. Um, Meg, do you have a, a declaration on who you think it's going to be at this point? Um, not a definitive one i think a lot of it is going to come down to how things shake out at spectacular okay. fair that, enough that tends to in recent years that's been a big deciding factor um especially like because because last year kaiser was really big into was big in the running leading up into spectacular and then some with how things shook out um with um 
Bateman and Founding Fathers, that skyrocketed Gucci back up into the conversation. Um, so I think Spectacular and where the belts end up end of the year really has a has a marker on it. It's going to be interesting to see how though faction points and who which is the winning faction will tie into that. Right. But awesome. I, I definitely can see Shannon Winston are kind of my two front runners right now and but that's mm -hmm. again it's because they're the ones that we're seeing going at it back and forth the most <laughs> Adam true. Kaiser very good I would say right now if the, if the vote were to happen right now it'd be Winston um, Shannon a close yeah. second mm -hmm. uh, I think at this point uh, Gucci I never count Gucci out. I mean, at the yeah. end, of, end of the Macaque, you could see the Founding Fathers as champions again. You could see Dan Merle still having the singles belt. I, like, even then, I would say even then, with everything that's going on storyline-wise, if how things shake out with Bateman and Barbarian, if his mm -hmm. faction just completely implodes by the end of the mm -hmm. year, there's no way. I also have to remember is that, if anything, I feel like his faction hasn't really improved since he started managing the faction as a whole overall. I do think uh, Founding Fathers, they lost the belt. Um, Dan Merle, he's always going to be Dan Merle, no matter where he goes. He's not a, He's right. not going to be holding the belt because of Finstock. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to interject real quick. I don't know if you would hold it against him, though, per se. No, I'm sure. But the thing is, I, when, I, when I try to think, keep in mind comp like a manager, what makes a great manager is how competitors have improved. How has the faction as a whole improved? And overall, I don't feel like they've improved that much. If anything, they've... What? <laughs> I, I would say Dimelant is the only big exception. And Barbarian has played well as well. That's another two that have definitely played well, but you got to say, when you have sure. four players... Could Barbarian got... have done the same thing under someone yeah, else, though? Ace, Ace won that tournament. Demolanta, sure, he was in He was like he was like in the finals, but he didn't win. We're not going to talk about him until next year. Possibly, right. But I don't know how you can knock against Gucci when you have four players, like you said, Dan... Dan Roca, Riley, and Ben were going to do what they were going to do with or without Gucci. And you can say it's a mark against Gucci, but you can also have some mark yeah. like you can't really put that against Gucci either. But, sure, but okay, but if we're going to compare, the thing is, we know for a fact everyone in his, in Winston's faction has vastly improved under his guidance. And same for Koi. If anything, they've done nothing but drastically improved. Shazam, Brendan Meyer, Bids has been on a winning streak. Um, you know, Perry Nemiroff has done amazing under Koi's guidance. And so, if anything, the faction has dramatically improved. Finn stuck by comparison. He has two competitors that have done well. That doesn't compare to five competitors that have done well. But at the end of the day, it's about winning belts. And winning fashion points. At the end of the day, Tom Dagino has the singles champion and the team champion. How can you argue against it? He did his job. Whether, whether or not, whether or not, what do you say? He improved, who improved, who disapproved, whatever. He's the managing, he's the manager of the winning faction. Or the winning manager of the year, though. How can how can you say he's not? He did the job. He, he did his job. His job is to win. The, is, matter is how. The, the conversation is about who's the manager of the year. Is who's the best manager. It's not the and best manager wins so much best more than belts. Manager wins the best. Yeah, that means so much more than belts, though. That's, that, that's the that's the goal. The goal is not the goal is not to improve. The goal is to win belts. Okay, wait, belts. Wait, hypothetically, okay, hypothetically, 
if you have, if a manager, if a, okay, so if a manager, let's say hypothetically, um, corruption, somehow he, she has, uh, she has uh, competitors that get to that win the tournament or almost like, like dominate every single tournament, but don't technically win a single belt, but they dominate consistently throughout the year. They it's, have more points than anyone. What if they hypothetically, they do have more points than the person that, than the faction that does have the belt. Do you think that they should or should not have? She should be in discussion. She should be in discussion for manager of the year. I think she's definitely <laughs> discussion for it because she's because she didn't prove and she didn't win. But at the end of the day, if she didn't, if she at the end of the day, she failed. You say she improved all she won. You're, if you're in second place, you failed all of its other competitors outside of Marvel. And you're in second place, you're a first loser. Okay. I was well, going to say, all is right in the world because you two are going at it. <laughs> but it comes down to, it's like, how many matches have you won overall? And like, you you are the you are the manager to the entire faction. You are not the manager to one competitor. That's I don't care if I'm 0-63, if I'm holding the belt, if I'm, I don't care if I'm 1-63, if that one win is, a, is, is the belt win, then I've done my job because I've won the belt. That sounds awful. Paul, I, I love you, man, but I got to side with Alex here. Yeah, you can side with Alex, that's right. No, nah. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I will say why. Because yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I will. Every, if a team, if an NFL team wins the Super Bowl, the coach doesn't automatically become the best man, the co best coach in the entire league. Like sometimes you just inter inherit a good team, which is what Finstock did. So I, I, I feel can't like not going to get no either. You can't no, hold it against him. It's definitely not his fault. But he, other managers have done more with their what they were given. Yeah, and you're right. And then my, my argument was precipiced on them winning the belts back in the day. Okay, well, so technically, okay, I do want to point out, though, Paul, the the goal is not to win the belt. The goal of the season is to have the most points compared to any other factions. And that's the actually what I was going to interrupt And still have a losing faction. I was going to interrupt that. That's actually yeah, that's, what I was going to say. I, I understand that that is that thing. But here's the problem with that aspect of it. You argue, start arguing that aspect of it, and that's about – well, of course, the other teams are going to win more points that way because they have more matches in terms of they have more tournament because you have champions that can't be in tournaments. Yeah. Can't be the champion. Tan can't be in the and tournament now. You should really focus your on. You should focus on your other competitors to kick took us, but oh, if you want to lose with those as well. And I think Barbarian did a great job in the turn. I think Barbarian did a great job with what he did. I think that uh, the only person who could say failed him, or uh, failed him, or whatever, or fa he failed with was Emily Rose Jacobson. I mean, Sabrina. She's a rookie. She had one match. I can't really, I can't really hold it against them, per se. Uh, yeah, I can hold it against them. Uh, how can you hold it against, against another rookie? No, I mean I can absolutely. Yeah, I can't. I can't yeah. Now, if she ends up like being, if she ends up losing a lot, that's something. But if she loses one match, it's one match. That's that's totally fine. Every, no. every manager had one loss on match I, and stuff. I do think he's a great manager. He, I, I just don't think he's a great manager for rookies in particular. If you want to improve overall, if you are established, if you are an established competitor and you want to, you want to take it to the next level. If you want to be a Ben Bateman and win that belt back or whatever it may be, right. suck is perfect for you. But however, if you are on a losing streak and you're down on your luck and you want to improve, you don't want to go with Finstock. You want to go with someone like 
uh, you want to go and you want to be with corruption or coy, that's going to be there for you emotionally as well. That's going to help you train and really kind of build yourself up. You don't want to be with someone like Finsock who doesn't have that ability to really build you from the ground up again. And I, I will also say real quick, I am not arguing that Gucci should be manager of the year at this point. I'm, I'm throwing out, I'm throwing out, I'm throwing out arguments for it. There are arguments for it. I'm not saying that I'm shooting Gucci as a manager. I'm just, I'm not playing devil's advocate a little bit and throwing out that there are, because like, it seemed like you guys were dismissing him out of hand to me. I'm saying there are arguments to be made that he could have it. Uh, it's about wins. That's what, I mean, I do say it's about wins. That's the end of the day. It's part of it. Belts, faction points, exactly. Uh, if he wins, if he wins faction of the year, his faction gets the most points, then I, he's got to be in the conversation at least. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Um, but at the end of the day, if I had to pick something, I'd have picked the manager of the year right now. I'm picking Winston at this point myself. But for exactly the reason you said, for a lot of the reasons you said. So actually, in a way, I'm going back to the 2020 thing. I'm agreeing with you guys for <laughs> agreeing with you, Alex. By the way, I just don't want to see him dismissed out of hand. That's the There's still a lot of season left for him no, to bring himself back into that conversation, which I agree mm-hmm. with. Uh, Paul, honey, honey. Oh, no, yeah, I was like, no, I'm totally agreeing with you. I'm just pointing this out. Um, Paul and Alice disagreeing again. All is bright in the world. Mm-hmm. So. Gotta go on brand. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll reviews real quick. Uh, he had a super chat about throw those there before it gets lost. There. I'm loving all your comments today. Thanks so much for giving Aww. your insights to the showdown. Thank you, Mukbang, for being here. I love Koi, but Winston seems to win. Yeah, that's that's true. I feel the same way. I love Koi's my favorite manager, but Winston is just doing so well. So he has my vote. <laughs> And I don't know when Alex makes great points. Team Alex, thank you again. I think you would be an amazing manager. She is a pretty good manager from what I've seen. Yeah, so. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so to me, I think it's Winston. Maybe Shannon's in the, in the conversation. I still think Gucci is in the conversation and can be, depending on how things shake out at the end of the year. So, You know what would be interesting to see if uh, Roxy somehow or Kaiser really kind of pulls out and really – Death well in the team tournament. Oof. I love that Kaiser, yeah, Kaiser had balls. Yeah. He had balls. He mm-hmm. had a strategy here. Did the strategy work out? No, it didn't work out. And part of it was COVID. Part of things happens. But he went for the IG. He wanted the whole IG league. And then he wanted to get, he took some rookies for the singles. If everything had worked out the right way, everyone would have seen him as a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took a risk and it didn't work out. So I think he's still got a potential to be a great manager. I'd like to see him what he tries next year and see how that rolls out for him. Because a lot of people will say he's a great supporting manager. He's not a knowledgeable, he's not as much of the trivia knowledge kind of guy, but he's good, positive uh, mm-hmm. reinforcer. That's what Spets is. He's very similar to Koi, where he's he is going to make you feel like the coolest, the smartest person ever. He's going to make you feel so confident. It's ridiculous. Like you have no need to be that confident, but he will make you feel that confident. <laughs> and, and that's what's going to make it for someone like Riley that needs that kind of casual confidence. Mm-hmm. Kaiser. Yeah. And you know hey. what you're talking about? You're talking about improvement. No, no need to look further than Eric Zipper. Yeah. Guys improved right there, Kaiser. Yep. Um, that I don't know. Is streamlabs turned off? I don't know. I don't think it is. You're getting an no, error. I, well, if you're getting an oh, error. Oh, it's the link again. Try the link oh, directly. We did. Oh, we. Oh, we did get a. We did get a streamlab from John Lestrina a few minutes ago saying, uh, donating very generously. Thank you so much, John. Uh, too much screen time for PLD tonight. <laughs> How everyone except Paul. 
Thanks, John. He likes to bust my bottles, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I do. If you're clicking on the link, the link is broke. Yeah, you know what? If the link is broken in the in the description. Sometimes when we cut and paste things, it doesn't work oh, out well. I, I made. A, I did. I set up this room, and I must have like not done it correctly. I can actually do it real quick. I'll edit it here real quick, and I will uh, put this in here in this. And when I'm done, uh, Canada rocks. If you want to, you can. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing it to us to our attention, though, Canada Rocks. Really appreciate it. Uh, here we go. Let me do that. I'll edit it. If you refresh, you've refreshed the stream now. It should be the link should probably work in uh, from the description as well. Um, so now it's in both places. Uh, okay. Any more stream in there? Is that was that it? Was that it? I think that was it right now. Yeah. Uh, so now, now it should work if we're gonna, if you want to try one now. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's where we are. Okay, I, I, yeah, Kaiser could be another great one too. I want to see. Like I said, just really, real quick refresh. I do think he's ballsy. He has a good thing. I want to see what he does next year, and he tries a different strategy. Yeah. Maybe he'll try the same strategy again and blame this year's losses on COVID, and maybe he can do it again, right? But who knows? And I think I Roxy is kind of in, in the position where she, we know she's a great manager, but. Due to some stumbles she's had this year, she's not in that conversation for the majority of people. She has those fans that absolutely love her. And, you know, I, I love her as a manager as well. But, again, it's it's who's in the forefront of people's minds right now is going to be what's going to shake out by the end of the year. She's a great, I think she's a good manager. She just didn't draft extremely well in terms of things. Like a lot of her – I mean, she has obviously Andreko and Snyder are top tier players, mm -hmm. top tier team, and, I, and she was loyal to them. I get that. Uh, Alex Damon, you can't vote against him, but he can't play until spectacular because that's right. just yeah. what happens. I mean, he played yeah. IG though. He did play IG and did well in mm -hmm. IG. He did absolutely. I mean, couple, but Stacey Howard I mean, didn't get a lot of chances. Davida didn't work out well. Um, JTE. JT, JT didn't she work out. was a hail mary by her to get a Star Wars competitor because Damon couldn't be in the tournament. Um, he did. She does. <laughs> she does have uh, Alex's favorite, David Del Rio, though. So I'll say De Del Rio was her. Was kind of the the best newer competitor to come out of where she had what she has right now. Uh, one more uh, super chat. I think we did get a stream last from Canada around. So we've done a second mukbang reviews. One more. Who is your favorite character? I love Tom and Lon. Well, I will start off and say my favorite character always, no matter what, is going to be Andrew Guy, no matter what character he's in, because I think he's the best out and out performer the game has ever seen. Um, okay. Whether or not you can argue whether it got in his way versus Bateman, as far as I could let the character get avoid the trivia, that's fine. That's a different different category. As far as character, Drew is the greatest of all time. We'll always be, I can't see anybody ever overtaking him. With that being said, I do love Lon a lot. This year, Lon's probably my favorite character as far as like, uh, as far as getting, <laughs> as far as getting over besides Drew. Lon is definitely heard from that though. Uh, I guess you're saying guy as well. And I get that. You no, guys have not actually, I'm really not. Guy is definitely my top five, but he's not my number one anymore. Uh, to be completely honest. Um, I say that he is our Lord and savior, Andrew guy, obviously. Uh, I said that, you know, it's just, we've had so many awesome new characters. We're actually getting two of my uh, top fave, uh, top favorite on team next season. They're part of, part of the dungeon, Eric Zipper and Adam Witt. I had no idea I was going to love them as much as I do. And they're so, so funny together. And they're, it's just like, 
the movie guys. I had no idea I was gonna love the movie guys as much as I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and I do love them so much. But even more so, this combination that we're gonna be getting for the teams tournament, I can't put into words just how much I love. Natty okay. Daddy. Um, it's Andrew Guy, baby. You you know where you know where I stand. The call that podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> for not counting Andrew Guy, because that's not really fair to everyone else. Yeah. Okay. I would say I would say Video Drew is really good. I really enjoy her a lot. I think there no one commits to her character like Video Drew does, and she's so charismatic. She's so fun yeah. to watch. Uh, I mean, I'm always gonna root for her, so she would be my my second favorite. Fair enough. Very fair. Megs, so. To me, Guy is the benchmark that I rate all other characters by because he was the original, really solid character. Roku was the original, but Guy just elevated it to such a higher benchmark. Um, but there are so many other good characters this year that it's hard to kind of because they're all good in their own rights. They're they're so different from each other. There isn't like two characters that are very similar, but one edges out the other. They're all so different. And that's a great credit to how Christian has organized things and how he's pushed certain people to certain in certain directions to where we have such a great variety um, of characters. So I would say Guy is still my top overall. But at the same time, I can also say that because of what he's done, there are other characters that have kind of wheeled their way in my heart just by the fact of them building off of that. But okay. I, I can't say a definitive favorite. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, okay. Uh, we have a kind of rocks out of Streamlabs, right? Yeah, we had a did have Streamlabs. I uh, put it actually put in the chat. It's it's from a Mr. Canada Rocks. He donated generously. So thank you so much, my dude. Do you guys ever get spoilers for taped matches? If you do, <laughs> how do you handle it? Never talked about this on there. Never talked about this on there. Um, this is interesting. All right. All right. I will. I will say that. Okay, I'll come out and say this. I never actually said this on there, but I've told everybody else behind the scenes. Yeah, I do have. I have gotten some spoilers uh, before. Up to date matches, um, but I've always decided to treat it as if uh, I never. When I make predictions on C2A, for example, I might have some knowledge, but I always will go with whatever I thought was going to happen. Um, mm. So I never betray like what I know as far as things. Like, I know a match. I'm always going to tell you what I thought was going to be the outcome before I found out the outcome. Um, so it's a genuine prediction out of mine. It just happens to be after the fact that I already found out what happened <laughs> in a way. So you'll never see me ever like this predict just, oh, I know who's going to win. So I'm going to predict that win to look smart because I think that's unfair and, and not what I want to be for this podcast or any podcast. I don't want to make it like out. So I mean, I guess you could say that I'm being false about it, but I mean, but people like example, the showing up competitors have a lot of obviously pre-knowledge and they have to prepare for, they have to push the master and everything else. So I'm never going to give that stuff away um, on air, but I will. Oh, so I always basically, that's how I'm going to, hold true to myself and to uh the fact that i'm never gonna get i'm never gonna give out any spoilers i found out so i want to ruin it for anybody um so i always go with what i thought was going to happen and that will be my prediction that's how i go with it um as far as i'm concerned no one tells me shit i don't know anything <laughs> i am just like the rest of you i'm not shumanati i don't know anything <laughs> fair enough natty Megs, have you ever been spoiled on things um, this year, yes. Um, I have just by nature of getting 
deeper into the space with certain people. I've been, I've gotten spoiled on a couple, but I very similar to you. I try to always make sure that I am giving again, my original thoughts prior to actually getting spoiled. Um, because yeah, I, I like to be able to give my honest opinion and I, I don't care if I'm wrong, if I end up being wrong in a prediction because it, it doesn't, it doesn't do me any good. Okay. Alex, I know you've had some spoilers your way as well. So uh, how, all the how time. do you handle it? No, it's not all the time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not that cool. <laughs> I wish I were. Um, yeah, the occasional match is spoiled for me just because I, I, I do work with the, I, I do work with training and I prepare like a million own questions, obviously. And I, as a result, I, I do work with a handful of competitors as far as like just training every now and again. Um, uh, but yeah, not that much. It's uh, if it's uh, if a match, if when it comes to something like this, I just try to personally not talk about it all that much. Um, mm -hmm. but also rarely is something spoiled for me, honestly. Usually it's on accident when something is, is spoiled for me, so yeah. yeah, it happens, it happens. But uh, mm -hmm. great question. I'm glad we yeah. uh, navigated that well, I think so. <laughs> Uh, well, I wouldn't tell you if we actually knew all the answers. Just want to point that out there. So there you go. So uh, <laughs> all right. Um, are we? Yeah, I guess that's a, that, that wraps it up. I think. I think we can wrap it up now. I think we're gonna we'll talk about teams next week. I keep saying that every once in a while. I keep saying, well, we'll talk about teams <laughs> next week. We'll never get around to it. But who knows? Maybe the tournament will be announced. We can talk about it when the. Uh, uh, <laughs> thanks, Jake. Jake Akavata, your chat to say that I don't know shit. I'm always wrong. Alex is always right. Meg doesn't go in neither neither father neither father's hair even puts my beard to shame. That's true. I will say that. Daddy's hair is much better than Jake's beard ever could possibly be. Jake's beard is a mess to this point. Bob he does. He he does. But nowhere near Maddie's hair. So you know what? Uh, I, I say just uh, just speaking of Jake, just uh, just want to say Jake, you are amazing in every single way. C two A wouldn't be where we are without you, my dude. I just want to give you a shout out because you're amazing. You're all on a bag of chips, and let's face it. Um, I, I I whenever we hang out, I do like getting free beers from you. So let's see. Can't it shit. <laughs> But legitimately, thing. you're pretty awesome. <laughs> we know that love him. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know how that would work. Oh, it. That'd be pretty solid. I mean, yeah, I, I, here. I, discussion. I, that's nice. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Mm. That's, that's uh, that hurts, Malcolm. That hurts. That one. Uh, that one hurts right to my heart. A dagger right to my heart. Oh, I will say, as much as I've cultivated the stash, uh, back then I used to have a glorious beard like Jake at one point, a uh, big, solid, CZ top type beard, but I had to shave it for my work, so unfortunately did I can't you, do it anymore. Did you, like, groom it, or did, did. you just, like, did you wear, like, uh, beard oils and balms and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Essences of oil, oil of oregano, as they say, so. <laughs> Good. That is my salute when I say fuck him, so. Everybody hates me, and it's okay. I I, I I feed on your hate. Uh, let the hate flow through me. I am a heel, I guess. Right? No, I don't know heel is. <laughs> I'm not a heel. Uh, but anyway, all right. Anyone, any other questions? Given now before we uh, sign off, we'll uh, we'll start promoting our stuff. Uh, Meg, where can the kids find you? 
Uh, you can be finding me here, Instagram and Twitter, Megs underscore Reclaimed. Uh, you will see me posting on the MTS Facebook as well as the Faction Facebook pages with all the lovely stats that I'm coming up with and other new things that we're going to be coming out with. Uh, so checking all that stuff out. Um, these guys think I'm kind of cool. So, you know, come check me yes. out. <laughs> Natty, where can they, uh, the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NattyIce44. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash under that uh, I messed that one. Uh, <laughs> twitch.tv slash Nat underscore Vu. You can also find the channel on Twitch, twitch.tv slash call to action. That's called the number two. That's two to number two, not called number two. You know what I'm saying. But uh, you, it's in the description. Yeah, if you want to know why I hate Dylan Camacho, then you know, tune in on Twitch. There you go. Thanks, Weston. I appreciate it. Uh, Alex, where can the folks find you? You can find me here next Wednesday on The Last General Standing. Just want to say it is a movie trivia battle royale. Um, a, a whole bunch of people from C2A, as well as a lot of people within the, you know, the, the, the Action Army Generals, you know, group. We are going to be doing this kind of free-for-all style, you know, trivia battle royale next Friday. I am writing all the questions. I'm trying not to make them terrifying. So it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be all over a whole bunch of genres ranging from costume dramas to sports movies to 80s to colonies to Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has his own slice. Same as Will Smith has his own slice. Uh, so definitely if that's something you're interested in participating in, please let us know. And so you can sign up and uh, be a patron of the of uh, the Action Army, the action Generals, and yeah, Action Industries, the Generals, and then you can 100% participate next Friday because it's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it would be fun, Robert. I believe Jake actually uh, participated in that. I was going to try to push you into that. Hopefully you can be there. Uh, I will say here that I... Uh, I throw my hat into the ring. I had been like, hemming and hawing, um, but I'm going to make my appearance and I'll probably lose in the first or second round, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but I will be here. Or, well, I don't even know when the numbers can be picked, but I will make an appearance and I'll do my damnedest. Unfortunately, it's not all Star Wars questions or or Ed Harris questions. And, and so I'm, I'm screwed. But otherwise, it should be fun. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it myself. Um, uh, I'll be hanging out in the back doing stats. So <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, my arena. And you can find me at Plunge Word News on Twitter. You can find me on Action Industries, uh, producing Ben and Drew's shows on the weekends, as well as Class Action. I do a show uh, every Saturday uh, with Richard Eric Jarvie, fellow C2A host. Uh, today we did Palm Springs versus uh, got, uh, Groundhog Day, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then I'll say last thing we do every week on Sunday, uh, my favorite work wife, uh, Danny Joy. Uh, we co-host Chilled Action, and that is going to be a fun one tomorrow. Jeff Snyder. Old action. That should be a lot of fun. He, wherever he goes, it's definitely a volatile situation. Um, maybe the least chill chill we ever had, possibly, knowing who this is. But just don't mention just don't mention IG. 
best IG moments. Uh, <laughs> and of course, I'll say the best IG moment is his time on backstage where he trashed IG, but uh, that'll be about it. Uh, mm -hmm. any, uh, any questions in the stream left or anything, Alex, that we had? We missed anything? No, I think that is it. All Thank right. You. All right, then. Uh, we all love you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks if you stop by, just trash me. I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love the heat. Um, and we will see you uh, tomorrow night on Shield Action. And until then, of course, we salute you. Bye. <laughs>